Evolving with Corey Castle, episode number 98. Uh, very special guest today, and he goes by the name of Todd Glass. Todd, Hello. what's up, man? I'm doing good. You know, I was, I, I, uh, I'm in a good mood. I, you know, I'm just chilling out of my house. I didn't do anything tonight. It's Saturday night. Normally I would always have somebody, at least, if I didn't feel like going out, get someone to come over. Yeah. But, um, as of now, I'm, uh, just home. And it gets calm, you know? You stay, the longer you're, you know, it's six o'clock, it's no big deal, seven o'clock. But by ten, it's like, wow, you just had a great... Calm space. I wouldn't want to do it all the time, but once in a while, it's fun to just prove you can be home in your own thoughts. Yeah, dude. We um, we meant to go probably twenty five minutes ago, and uh, just having all types of I all, know. all types of miscommunications and errors, and and you know what? It, it gave me a good opportunity to use an old, an old like silly goose joke, where uh, I was like talking to my brother because he came in for a minute, and uh, he was like. Oh man, this place, I, sorry, this place is like an antique motel or whatever. And I was like, well, have you heard of Murphy's Law? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, you know what it is, right? And he's like, yeah, anything that can go wrong will go wrong. I said, have you heard of Cole's Law? So what's that? I said, thinly sliced cabbage. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the oldest dad joke in the book. And I got to use it today. I love it. <laughs> Some of them, some of them, you're like, you know, you told it short. The, the worst thing people do, I realize, is when they take a joke like that and they make it too long because they think they're making it better. Right. And I told my friend once, I go, you know, the longer you make the joke, the more the pain has to pay off. Right. Right. So That's you're right. just hurting yourself at one point when you think you're adding in. You heard a good joke, you got a good laugh, and then you tried to juice it up. You know. But anyway, I digress. You know, but anyway, I'm in a good mood. I'll send you a picture of where I'm sitting. So okay. your listeners know exactly where I'm sitting while I'm talking to you. All right, cool. Uh, it, it, it's a thing I quote a lot. Is like a com- it was a documentary. I'm a huge fan of comedy documentaries, and I actually it, you were actually in this documentary. It was, uh, but um, Jeff Foxworthy said with the diddly 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 boop diddly diddly diddly. He's like, uh-huh. if it takes you this many diddlies to get to the boop, why don't you cut out some of those diddlies and just go diddly 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 boom diddly diddly boom diddly diddly boom? And I was like, oh yeah. It's awesome. Right, that's, ah, what a great, I love ways of like, uh, you know, that's really well said, you know, in a really clean way. Yeah. And then uh, my, my friend used to, uh, and I used to have this other sort of thing to make, hopefully make our own comedy better. And it was, it, 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 you want it to be more than just technically a joke. Like mm-hmm. technically, all right, we're not going to argue. Right. But the, the, the example we used was like, is your joke equivalent to, okay, Let's say you're a magician, and you know the thing where you make your thumb move off your hand, mm-hmm. right? Right. That's technically a joke, a, a, a magic trick. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. On paper, not has it been done a million? That's not the question. The question is, okay, it's a magic trick. Right. Like, um, would you personally want to drive to the place where they think you're going to get magic, and the guy comes out on stage and he moves his thumb off his hand? <laughs> you'd be like. Yeah, that's a magic trick I could do. Make sure your jokes isn't one of those. Do you do you know Mike Kaplan? Are you familiar with Mike Kaplan? I I do know Mike Kaplan. He I does, like Mike Kaplan. He does a joke where he says like, "Comedy is the only thing where it has to be funny to be what it is." Like, comedy has to be funny or else it's not comedy. Right. right. <laughs> so well, that's why some 
Amongst, um, hold on, I think I, I, under, I think I understand what you're saying. Like, uh, it's just a guy talking, otherwise. It's just a person right. talking. Exactly. Well, that's right. <laughs> that's I mean, why when people say, like, you know, uh, hey, did you hear blank, blankety blank went on for, like, nine hours? I'm like, yo, well, how much of it was really funny? I mean, right. my uncle could talk for nine hours. The problem is it's not funny. Right, yeah. And it's, it's like some things that are so, like, like, I have a friend who said, oh, I tried stand-up once. And I, and I was like, okay. And he's like, I did an hour. And I was like, oh, shut up. Oh, okay, cool. And he's like, well, like, he's, he sold all the tickets. So all the people who showed up were people he sold tickets to. So he knew dirt on all those people for him to go an hour making fun of them. And only, you know, only, maybe only, like... Sections of the room would laugh at everything. You know what I mean? Because they're so specific. Right, right. That's really funny because it's like somebody, you go, you, you know, you just think, like, what does the audience think? You know, basically, you've just rented the room out and you're doing crowd work on your family. So, right. But somehow they think, well, the audience is, you know, he's doing well with the audience, but they always find out next week when they come themselves. And then those are sometimes, the, you know, it's funny that breed still exists. And that's the last time you ever see them when they get on stage with a regular audience. Mm -hmm. Not always. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, usually when they pack the room out like that. Right. With all their friends and family. Right. Uh, it's like... Uh, yeah. Well, I, was, I watched this documentary yesterday about um, Bill Hicks. And it talked about, like, his parents coming and seeing him and him being, like, not changing a thing about the way he does things. And then at the end, be like, yep, this is what I do. Like... You know, I I mean, I think once my mom came and saw me do stand-up, and um, the, like, I was like, I did a joke that I didn't think was for her, but I didn't know she was there. So when I got off stage, I was like, oops, sorry, uh, that wasn't meant for you. <laughs> yeah, my parents never, not that I had anything to... I was silly dirty, yeah. but I never even worried about it with them coming to see my shows. It didn't even concern me. If anything, I would sometimes like like do it and then purposely go, oh my God, my parents are here because I thought it was funny to, to uh, overly act uh, cautious. You know, My mom doesn't know I curse. That was used the big one I used to do whenever they, my parents came to see me. I go, uh, my mom doesn't know I curse. Meanwhile, I'm like 40 when I did that. <laughs> I, I remember it being like, um, I only, it was like the only thing I did was, I don't really do a lot of whole sex, sex stuff, but I did a thing where I talked about a girl that I was with was heavy, heavy with her elbows during blowjob, so she threw her elbows right into my thigh, and, 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 uh, I did the whole thing like, oh, well, you know, I like what you're doing here, but like, what you're doing over here, I don't like so much, right, and, right. and I, and I did that in front of my mom, and she's like, yeah, I could have done without that. And I was like, all right, well, yeah. you know, yeah, I, no, I won't do that one anymore. I don't know if I'd be embarrassed if I, if I talked about, yeah, no, I have some jokes that are sexually explicit, even in a silly way. But yeah, I don't, I mean, I, I don't look at them while I'm telling the joke. But, right. but I hear, I, so a lot of times I'll hear my mom, she likes bringing people to shows, so mm -hmm. I'm happy that she comes well, to the shows. I came and saw you in Doylestown. Was it? Was that where the the comedy cabaret? Yeah. yeah, I saw you there a couple years ago. And the funny thing is, uh, I was with my girl at the time, and uh, you did the joke about the you did the joke about the 
people, poor people keep their dish soap out on yeah. the counter. And she was like, I don't do that. I put my dish soap under. I didn't know. I, I'm poor, but I keep my dish soap under the thing. Like, she was, you, you had her questioning it forever, and she still questions it all the time. Oh, so, my God. That's so funny. Because it, it's like, it's obviously not, you know, I almost wanted to change it and make it really mean what I'm saying. Because it's from the mind of a little kid. Right. It's not really rich or poor. Right. It, sometimes people, when they have more money... You have, it's like, you know, like people dress better. They have better style. A lot of times, you know, you see their homes and they're often, you know, they look like when you can tell a black suburban from mm. a mile away that it's a service car because it's just clean and everything's got a place and it's just from far away. And that's how sometimes you look at, you know, uh, what, what are we talking about? The disappointment. <laughs> oh yeah so when you have money you gotta, but look I, I don't want to and I know I'm over analyzing it but hey that's what I do when I have extra time and on that joke specifically I was talking to my friend I go maybe I should make it like you know style versus he goes no when you were little you thought it was rich that's it's from the little mind of Todd Glass <laughs> well they must be rich you know but the dish soap yeah I mean you know that one is always uh, that I always think I always picture people like arguing on when they get back to their house <laughs> yeah, so that kind of happened. She was like, "My dish soap, my dish soap's under the sink and not on top, not on the counter." But, yeah. but I mean, it's, well, it's underneath is fine. Is that yeah. what she said? Hers is underneath. Yeah, hers is underneath. Yeah, that's, that's where it place. should be. That's perfect. <laughs> you either have it out in a nice. By the way, I'm not really that passionate about this, but it, but I did realize there's when I noticed that the Nalabotskis didn't have it out, I was like. Yeah, that looks better. So here's the, ru- the the rule that I made up, but just from what I saw when I was little. It's either out in a nice bottle. So if you want to have it out, you put it in a nice bottle. Right, like a designer or soap. Or you, if you just want to keep it in the bottle, put the bottle underneath. Right. Either way is fine. <laughs> so she's you're saying she has it underneath. Oh, yeah. So that's perfect. Why is, why is she, why is she uh, think that's bad? Oh, I don't think she thought it was bad. I think she was just like, I'm not rich, though. <laughs> the other way it's not rich it's just style versus no style right and right. one there's no doubt about it i'm gonna change the joke now and say that because that's really what i'm trying to say and or point out that it's from the mind of a little kid right who's thinking rich because you can have no money and have style you can be you see you know people that are broke that get it they figure out how to make anything look yeah dude cool. you can be you can be poor with class or you can yeah, be poor yeah, white it's trash just, it's just so, you know what it is it's soul it's having, you can have no money and have some soul, yeah, you, so you don't need money to have something look cool and you get it, you know, mm-hmm. so that's why I'm, I'm changing that joke, I don't like it, I'm going to edit it out of the Netflix special. <laughs> you know, uh, a thing that I say often that I feel like I, every time I, a lot of times when I hear you speak, I, I you say some of the similar things to me about like, what side of history do you want to be on? Like, I think I say that all the time. Like, uh, like... Like, I was watching uh, that 42, the Jackie Robinson movie, mm-hmm. where, like, the the one actor who was, like, being the coach from the other team, and he was, like, giving them all this all this shit with, you know, all the racial slurs and stuff, uh, and I was like, that's how most of you who are on the wrong side of history are going to come out in movies that come out 10 or 15 years from now. No, exactly, exactly, and... You know, you're supposed, look, this is, you talk about something that I love to talk about. I like to remind myself uh, of this all the time. I say it because 
also to remind myself I'm never above myself growing. But I really do want, it's hard to make examples, and I just figured this out about a month ago. It's hard to tell people what they're going to look like when history writes itself. Right. Because I agree with what you just said, and you're right. If you try to compare it to anything today, um, you take, you, like, let's say you go, damn it, annoying. Like when you, for instance, go when they were sending the black kids to white schools and you saw the people. Oh, the, like the scene of Forrest Gump. Angry. When the, what? Like the scene of Forrest Gump when the girl drops her book and he like picks it up and gives it back to her because they were doing segregation. Yeah, yeah the, we have all those old videos of that when they the angry faces. Yeah. You know, or any view on anything. And you try to compare it to something of today, people don't think it's a good analogy because they go, no, they'll admit that looked bad. And you want to go, no, I know, it's hard for you to understand that's what you're going to look like. You think, because you know how egregious that looks like. Even to them, they know it. Like, people that are wrong socially are not wrong across the board. And what they're saying is, oh my God, no, I've seen those people that were even not yelling and screaming at the kids, anybody that was against it. And they don't want to think, they think, oh, no, that's definitely evil. I, I'm not that. I mean, I, I look, it might be debatable what I am, but I'm not that. Right. It's, so, it's, so, yeah, you it, are. It's tough I'm for people. You, I'm throwing out a blanket of love. I'm telling you, if you don't like what that looks like, I know it's hard for you to believe it. But that's what it's, that's a good analogy. I'm sorry that you don't think that it's a good comparison. Of course you don't, because it doesn't flatter you. Right. Like, um... Like, the people's egos sometimes aren't ready to hear that the thing they think is right is not right. Like, uh, like... Wow, well said. When I, when I, you know, I'll make a point to, like, an, let's say, like, old racist uncle. You know? Let's say you have an old racist uncle who says a racist thing or just says, like, a, a shitty sexist thing. Or I'm like, hey, you know that, like, that doesn't make you... That makes you look bad, you know? And then they go, uh-huh. And then, like, it's like you're... Uh, some some part of it is, like, like a disgusting pride in being called a dickhead. And and that's not evo- that's not evolving at all. That's totally... Yeah, evolved. believe me, I'm with you. I thought you'd say that well. It's nice to hear things that uh, you think you're somebody else say them in a, in a cleaner way. Because, yeah, you, they, it's almost like they take pride in it. I think overwhelmingly they believe it and they, but I think uh, you, that's, that doesn't make you look good, you know. Like, that's a simple thing to say to somebody. Hmm. But, hey, look, I, I think, uh, you know, it's, you have to, you know, you have to be okay with being dead wrong. And I think everybody needs to ask themselves that. I don't think you should be dead wrong in anything. But you have to say to yourself, in the event I'm wrong, I'm dead wrong. And by the way, I ask myself this too. Are you okay on a big thing being dead wrong? And bitch, don't answer so quickly. Right. And you don't even have to tell the answer out loud. But all I'm asking you to do is be honest with yourself. One of your views, would you mind a big view? Not a little thing, not like, well, I'm not perfect. No, something you've thought about, you've talked about, you've heard the opposing view. Would you mind if you were dead wrong? Would you sit well with you? And if anybody says yes to that, I'd be okay with it. But they still use the word retarded mm-hmm. as an adjective. Right. That you, uh, look, I know you said you don't mind, but if you're holding on to that word, you have indirectly said, I don't want to be dead wrong, and I will never admit I am. 
because you did not come to defending that word by using logic. Right. That's how I know you did. No one would look at it logically and break it down and go, oh, yeah, I'm going to hold on to it. That's a compliment to you if you're still using it. Right. You didn't look at it logically. So you, you before you keep answering that question and going, yeah, if I'm dead wrong, I'm dead wrong, just take a step backwards. Because this one, if this hasn't gotten you, if you haven't at this point in 2018 went, no, 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 I lovingly let go of that word. Not begrudgingly, not like, oh, you know, all right, I'll stop saying it. But you're like, oh, my God, I wish I would have stopped saying it 10 years ago. Yeah. I think you I think you may as well just go ahead and say, and say yeah, I don't want to be dead wrong. Well, you know, uh, that reminds me of, like, the Sarah Silverman thing. I love it, like, when she does the thing about, like, oh, whatever, I, it's gay. I say gay. That's whatever. I, I say this all the time when people go, well, I was raised to do, I was raised to believe this, and I was raised to believe that. Like, yeah, you're not who you were raised to be. You're your own person now. You're your own thing. Like, make up well, your... you know what? And that's also answering the question that I never ask, and I always make that really clear to people. Not, not in a snarky way, but, like... Remember that I might be asking you a different question than you're answering. So I'm not asking you why you say it, honestly, with no flipping this at all. I know it. You, you raised, you heard it. Like, honestly, if someone asked why you said it, I could defend you. I go, they heard it. They grew up with it. it. They didn't even realize what it was. You just say it. It became a slang. You don't realize it's connected with a group. And, uh, yeah, you just, uh, you know, you uh, then, hold on, hold on. I'm so close. Oh, it, so I'm not asking you why you say it. It makes sense why you say it. It makes sense. The question is, now here it is. Listen to not what you think I'm going to ask you. I know why you say it. Why do you hold on to it? Right. Like, I'm not it's, judging it's... you. I said it. I'm just saying in 2018, not why do you say it. Spare me of that. But why do you hold on to it? It's like some safety blanket. Some sort of, like a... What was the What was the guy in uh, in Charlie in uh, Peanuts with the with the blanket? Oh, uh, uh, dirt uh, uh, pig pen. Uh, Linus. Linus. Yeah, it's like Linus's safety blanket. Yeah. Certain words people use as safety blankets. Like um, um, I was just thinking of um, the uh, okay. Oh, I wanted to run past uh, a joke that I've been doing, and I want you to tell me if it's bad. That I that oh, I use no, it. No, I feel I don't want to do that. I like talk. Okay, I will. <laughs> so it's only it's only because I decided that um, I wanted to take back a word that I think is not a very good word. So um, from now on, if you're riding on a really bumpy road and and it sucks, and then the, the next time you get on that road, it's nice and smooth. Can you hold on one second? Yep. Hold on one second. So, that derailed the delivery. Dilly, dilly, dilly. Bop. I, I was with you, and I apologize. You'll make an edit there, right? Right, right, yeah. Okay, so go ahead with the bumpy road. So, if you're on a bumpy road, and then next time you go on the road, and it's smooth, and it's nice... It's because they retard it. So oh, I'm oh. taking the words. Um, yeah, you know, you got to think, look, look, here, uh, I, I promise myself before I start every podcast, I won't talk about the same things I always talk about because, you know, I feel, you know, I, I don't want to look like I'm leading it just to talk about what I want to talk about. But it does <laughs> come up a lot. 
Right. And I would say to that, if you were if you were a buddy, first of all, I would say do whatever you want. That's the thing I always clarify. I don't think any comedian should dr- ever drop anything out of his act, uh, ever, right. unless he wants to. I'm talking about because of outside pressure. No, if you, from your gut, think it's funny or you think you're defending a word, I would never want a comedian. I wouldn't be any part of a conversation that thinks comedians should ever, zero, should be edited. Zero. Right. I don't care how much I disagree with it. Every single comedian, there should be no ever outside force that people can complain. I'm fine with that, but I'm talking about internally as a good comedian, you should say to yourself, no, if you believe it's right, hold on to it. Don't ever stop something because, you know, well, everyone kept correcting me. Oh, but, 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 here's the big but. But internally on your own force, you can relook at things. Of course, you know. It's like people don't go to therapy begrudgingly. Oh, now I can't call my wife a moron. If I'm <laughs> You're supposed to go now. I don't want to. <laughs> that's how some people grow. But if they, if, if they grew like that in therapy, they'll go, oh, I can't say that word anymore. Right. Oh, and you're mad about it. Why are you mad about it? Is there ever a time you're glad about it? So well, I yeah, I mean, I... That with that said, every comedian should do whatever they want. Seriously. If I... That's what's so fucking great about comedy. But I can question it, like, and if I say something that makes you, from your insides, want to change, oh, that's great. But if it doesn't, return to doing it. Um, so with that, with that joke, I, I don't know. Like, it just says the word. It, 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 it most it makes people do, and I love this phrase. I'm being honest with you. Social math. Like I'm hearing that word. It doesn't mean it can't be a great joke, but there's still. Decent people will go retarded. Is that good? Is it bad? Is it is it worth it? Is it that funny? Right. Who's ready to hear it in that context? What? Who's ready to hear it in a different context? And right. And, and nor sh- and nor sh- and and is it that funny where you need just to say the word retarded? You know. Mm. Okay. Play on words. There's got to be some other. But I'm being like, as a friend, I would tell you that I would never go up to like, you know, go see a show and. I would just maybe, you know, but I'm saying, yeah, if I was breaking it down with you, honestly, I don't know you, right. so it feels funny because I wouldn't go up to you after a show because it's not my place to you. I think to give someone advice, usually it helps if they know you also respect them. So well, I try to, if um, I was ever going to help a friend or have a, even the other way around, it's usually once you both know, it's like, no, I know you know I'm funny and I know you're funny. And then you can have honest conversations about like, <laughs> like I literally will have a friend, I'll beg we always have a running joke where you can't just ask your friends to be honest with you. Mm. You have to beg them to be honest with you. Right. And sometimes, like, I'll be on the road with a friend. I'll be like, remember, if you see anything, I got lazy. And you know what? When you ask them, they'll be like, yeah, that one joke. And I'll always be like, I know. Most of the time, whatever it is, I'll be like, I know. I, I got to drop that out. But what? but, uh, but uh, anyway, that's <laughs> So, I mean, I, I, I kind of, um, more than anything, I don't know if I... I was just trying to tell you the joke, not as much as asking for advice or anything. But um, oh, I thought you said, "Should I do it or not?" Oh no, I, I, I maybe I did. I don't know. Yeah, hey, hey, hey. This is recorded. <laughs> I come off like a jackass. <laughs> let's let's go back and listen. Let's... Oh, I know why. Because you did. You said you want to give me your opinion, and I, my first instinct was to go. I here's what I did. I went, "Oh no," because you have to judge someone's jokes. That never leads to good comedy when someone micromanages your comedy. Right. But yeah. Then, I'm high, so I went, oh, all right, I'll do it. Like, meaning, like, I got over it. <laughs> then you did the joke, so I thought, do what you said, just break it down. 
So I don't know. How dare you try to make me look bad? <laughs> no. <laughs> so right, I had man. a I had this thing that I said uh, like two episodes ago on the podcast that I said, you know what? I'm going to ask that to every guest now. So I love it. I'll see what what you say to the, to this question. Yes. If you ran into a man who was probably 20, 30, 40 years older than you, and he came up to you and he said, I'm you from the future. 100% he's you from the future. What do you ask him? Wow. Um, I think I just have to, I want to know when, when I die. But he doesn't know yet. Oh. Oh, he's just from... He's just you from 20, 30, 40 years in the future. So Why you know you last die? 20, 30, 40 years now. He didn't die yet. Right. Oh. Wow. Can I hear the other answers? <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I had other people say, um, uh, let me see this tattoo. Um, let me see this scar so I know it's you. Um, I said, I said, show me your time machine. How'd you do it? How'd you get here? Oh, I wasn't even thinking of doubting it. I took it as, as a fact in this rendition. Right, right. Oh, I'd say, in real life, I would say, uh, you don't look like me. Hmm? Because he wouldn't, because it wouldn't be him, me. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that's fun. <laughs> Is that, is that a bad answer? <laughs> it was a little sideways, but I, I, I mean, well, I you're guess. saying the other one is let me see your time machine. You're getting technical, so we're going to get technical. Then you have to change it to say, okay, he says, I know I don't look like you, but I'm for you from the future. We just don't make you look the same. Already he sounds erroneous. <laughs> I mean, if he's from me from the future, he should also figure out how to look like me. Anyway, anybody could go up to anybody and say I'm me from the future. Right, yeah. And we'd have a real shit storm on our hands. <laughs> Don't, and they're like, hey, everybody look out. There's this guy walking around telling everybody he's them yeah. from the future. Like, yeah, be, right, be careful. The local uh, eyewitness news would cover it. There's an epidemic. In the Delaware Valley, this is going on. Local <laughs> residents sat down with our own Lisa Cantrew and told them about a her, you know. So. <laughs> he said, now where's your daughter? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, talk to me about um, talk to me about um, what you think happens when you die. Wow, you know, thought about that if I had kids, what I would tell them. Because I, you know, I thought like, and I, and I, and I'm sure we'll learn more and more as people are less religious. Really, what, what's going to happen is you're going to talk about having an honest relationship with death about your children. That's the alternative, as, mm. re, as, as some people would say. Um, uh, you have an, that's one huge part of it, you know. Uh, so, because if you're not, you can be, I think the thing is not to make you not, everyone's going to be scared of dying. But if you head it on in an honest, healthy way, of course, we don't know even all the ways yet. Because, you know, it's not something that's been discussed that often. But it's going to happen more and more and more. Be books on it. I'm sure there already are. But more and more. And, children, and parents at a young age are going to be like, yeah, I want to teach my children about death in a very honest way. So I would read those books if I had kids. But I don't have children. 
So I just took a guess one night sitting around with my friends talking about that. Like, what would you tell a little kid? Like, I'd check if it was the right thing to say. You know, why not? Yeah, I got a kid. He's that impressionable. But I, if I had to guess, I would say something to the nature of, you know, you, you, what, what do you, um, you know, would you remember where you were at before you were here, like, as a person, like, before you existed? No, and you don't. You know, I don't, I'm sure he'll say he doesn't because they wouldn't. I right. don't remember that. Well, you weren't in pain. Right. So I think you're, you, you might return to the energy of the earth. I'm not really sure, but I know one thing for sure. You won't be in pain. You'll be peaceful. That I can guarantee you. Okay. So with that, with that being said, like, like your loved, loved ones that you've lost, like if you've lost any family members, if you've lost any yeah, friends, yeah. like... The relationship you have with them now, they're no longer on this plane of existence. Uh, what do you think that is? What do you, how do you feel that is? Well, you know, I became all right with, look, my dad was cremated and I've had some friends die, but uh, cremated and then put back, you know, the energy, some people might say, you know, into the earth or whatever. But what I really had to come more about, and, and I think it helps me try to be as good as a person as I can be, is... Again, having an honest relationship with death. You know, if you tell people people's memories or the things they did when they were here, it's not like you have to say, oh, I wish that was true, that people talked about me forever. That sure feel good if it was true. I, I want to believe it's true. No, that's a fact. When you are gone, it doesn't mean you have to be a perfect person either. Far from it. Okay. But people will talk about you. How do we know that? Because we hear it all the time. We hear it all the time about people, and there's nothing better than telling stories about someone that's not with us, especially they were kind and generous and decent. And, and that, if you thought that's your legacy, if you thought that's it, instead of you're going to reconfigure, we're not sure about that. Mm. I would never say it's not possible, but I'm saying I'm not positive. But I'm positive people will talk about you. So maybe if that's your legacy, it, you should sort of think about the things you did. Right. You know, think about all the people that worry about that the most are, and that are often very religious people. Not always, but often very religious people. And if, 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 if what I'm saying is right and your legacy is just what people say about you after you're gone, it's sad. Because their legacy is going to be their nieces and nephews finding pictures, realizing they were anti this, realizing they were anti that, still loving them and giving their best hoo-ha. It was a different time, but deep down they'll know it wasn't a different time for my friends' parents. God, they got pictures of them and their grandparents and their great-great-parents being... So if your legacy is just that, you know... So that circles right you know, back. That's what I do. I try to keep my dad alive. Like, I started this thing where... Anyway, I'm, I, that, so that's... I'm glad I remembered to tie it in at the end. So I just try to make their, the stories about them and their memories... I know it's not being able to touch them, but it's as real as it gets, and there is a—it is real. So that's what I hold on to from my dad. Even like taking virtual car rides with him, like where I will something that seems so mundane then, but like I will literally take a virtual ride—not just picture. Oh, remember my dad used to drive to work with him, but pictures driving down the Schuylkill, picturing um, and me cleaning his glasses and giving them back to him, and try to like you know think of the things he did that were good. Yeah. Well, that circles back to the whole, like, like discovering who you were when you were here. Like, I say it, like, a lot of times on here, when I go, like, if this gets discovered by, like, my kids one day, if I ever have kids, 
And then one day they'll find this out, you know, when they're old enough to listen to this stuff, because this will be forever. Hopefully, right. I- ideally, they'll be able to know kind of like what kind of person their dad was. And we live, that's such a fascinating time right now where that existent, that, that existing is amazing. It, you know, you're so right. And it used to be like hypothetically, because unless you were in TV or radio because you were hired by somebody, right. you know, you said well, it was always a hypothetical. What if your grandchildren could find this? You know, now it's very possible, especially with podcasting, which is a good thing. Right. But it really makes it tangible. And, you know, you said something. What makes people hold on to this stuff? You know, is it like a, a what is it? Um, well, I think that. Even deep down, people know they're wrong. I really do believe if you said to somebody, not everybody, but some people, take their stance on anything, really. It never really has anything to do with the situation that's at hand. It's anything that's really new is the running theme. It really has nothing to do with gay marriage. It could be gay marriage. It could be recycling. It could be vegan hamburgers. It could be, uh, you know, the Redskins. It could. It's it's all over the gambit. It's just anything that's different and new and that they weren't raised with it and they're on the wrong side of it. I think money gets people out of their own way. And I wish I had, like, sort of what I say, Oprah money, to, to have social experiments. Right. We could prove some amazing things. And if you offered somebody right now $100,000 for in 15 years, how do they think their stance on, for instance, you'd know the person you were doing this with, if it hypothetically ever came to anything but a, you know, a what if right now, but right, it could right. be brought to fruition. And you said, for $100,000, how do you think your stance is? Not whether you agree with it or not. I don't. That's not the conversation. How do you think in 20 years, let's go, for five, let's, let's hey, we're, we're making it up, let's may have fun, for half a million dollars, how do you think your stance on the transgender situation right now, there, how do you think it's going to look in 20 years? Right. Now, now all of a sudden, they don't want to be, they're going to get that money. If it's a legitimate thing, and this is their retirement, they're going to be able to, I guarantee you, they'll hate it. But they they can't fucking bullshit just to be right, or it's going to make them lose money. They're going to go not good. You know that's a that's a it's a cool way to look at it, man. Like people holding on to, to weird things. Like uh, my my father, my father. He just his birthday was like last week. I haven't I haven't talked to him in probably over a year. But he lives in Texas. We don't we don't we haven't lived together. We weren't raised together, or I wasn't raised with my father. But he. Um, out of out of uh, out of my like full siblings with both my parents, none of the other kids talk to him. I'm the only one who talks to him. And uh, he said, he said, um, why does my oldest son hate me? And I said, he doesn't hate you, dude. He doesn't care that you exist. Like, it's a whole other thing. I said, imagine like picture yourself at 12 years old. How like awkward and weird and how figuring it all out you were. Now picture. Now picture yourself at 12 years old and your father, your father is abusive to you because you might be something that he won't understand. And now, now picture like you're a 12 year old gay boy who's awkward and gay. Like, I mean, like not gay, but like I'm saying like awkward and nerdy. Like, so it's like you can't picture yourself being that. Like that's, you think it, like it gets to my, it gets into my head. Like I recently had a conversation with somebody who was telling me that he thinks being gay is a sin. I'm like, but, so then you must really still cling to the idea that you believe that this is a choice. And that's what got me like, sort of like, 
All right, let me, let, me, let me unbox what you really think and really try to zoom out on what you, you know, why you really believe that. They don't, by the way. I really, it's another one of those things where people get in their own way. You, you get caught by your own, in other words, you, I, you don't have to agree with me, but your truth has to have a thread of truth through it. Right. So it's like, for instance, you get caught. People, that's where people think they can lie because they think, well, at the end of the day, it's an opinion. Oh, no, no, no. Don't be so comfortable. If I point this out, you might be a little awkward to bullshit from now on. If there's a, there's part of you, you you would have followed through, hopefully, if you were sane. So it's like when people say, well, the problem with the sanctity of marriage, that's why they don't want gay people to get married. Now, if that's not the real reason, I can catch you in it. If it is the real reason, you can't be caught in the truth. But you're going forward with the sanctity of marriage. That's what you're saying. Okay. And then you know that person. You could go through and go, well, you lived with the other person. That's not okay in the Catholic Church. Okay, You did this. You had a, That's not okay in the Catholic Church. You did, And you're going, you don't. Now, come on. You're, you have to be consistent. The history of your own being. Not me judging you. I, I don't care if you live with somebody. You're the one offering up the sanctity of marriage. So I'm going to look in your life to see. Now, here's the question, and it's not to place judgment on you. And listen up good, because it's a question you've never been asked. I'm not judging you. I think you can believe in what you believe and not adhere to it 100% and look the other way on some of the things, but overwhelmingly think that that church or whatever you uh, adhere to overwhelmingly brings you good. You know, in a few things you look the other way and it doesn't make you a horrible person, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Why won't you do that for the gay marriage? Right. It's like, it's this uh, church. And they've never been asked that before. You have to go, whoa, 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 whoa. You, I'm not judging you for looking the other way, but why won't you do it for that? And then can only start an honest conversation because in my hypothetical you've cornered them to go why won't i it's the first time they go why won't i look the other way on that but the answer they can't give is because the sanctity of marriage because what it says in the bible because that's not an option anymore because you've proven they've looked the other way for other things and that might be cornering someone in to having an honest conversation and i don't think it ever came out that clean make that a thing put a bumper on it there you go right yeah, it's definitely like you cherry pick the parts that you like and the parts that you don't like. You pull out. It's definitely like, oh well, th- this part, this part, it suits me to look the other way on it. But that part, you know what it does though. I've heard that because you're right. What I'm saying is really just a slant on an old thing. This makes them answer the question question without being accusatory. Which I get it. Believe me, I'm, I do most of my life when I speak into the. Not directly to people, but into the canyon. I'm very judgmental. But I'm learning that if your job is to change other people's beliefs, it doesn't matter whether you're right or wrong. You know, you have to, if you have something you want to say and you think it's good and it'll make the world be a better place, you better figure out a kind way to say it. I fail at that a lot, but in a moment of trying to be good at it, I think what that does, instead of going, oh, you cherry pick, which is the way I would say it, Mm -hmm. to go, okay, you look the other way and the others, let them know you don't place judgment on that. That right. you, you clearly explain to them that, but the question, but why won't you look the other way on it? That well, really, uh, uh, people will answer that. People that even disagree with you will engage. And I, I think their heart skips it. I really do. Maybe it's ridiculous of me, but I think it's a, it never came out so clean before. A great way to, I think, really, hey, if there's a good way, if, if, if trickery can be good in any case, I think it's a, a, a good way to trick someone into having an honest conversation and well, not having that. Digest that you know, redigested answer that's not truthful. Their own past says it's not truthful. Well, yeah, I mean, ego, ego can get in the way of 
of uh, of accepting a challenge for sure. Yeah, and by the way, I think if we're still talking about the same thing. And change sucks. Changes work. I get it. I get it. I get it. I just won't fall for it. I get it. I'm empathetic when new words come around, and when I was trying to learn about the uh, the transgender. Um, uh, if it's he or it's she, it was it was tiring sometimes. But there were human beings behind it. And I knew it was worth it. If you don't think it's worth it, then of course it's just a pain in the ass to you. If on the other side of it, it doesn't represent making someone else feel like they are worthy. Right. Yeah, I'm not denying it's a pain. Like people go, well, don't admit it's a pain time. You agree? No, you don't agree. I'm saying yes. Sometimes it's a pain. New things are, are it's hard to learn. You already got enough. But on the other side of it, if you realize that the benefit is that people feel worthy, you go, oh, it's a pain, but it's worth it. But the people that complain, it's because there's nothing on the other side of it. It's just one more fucking thing that I gotta learn. Well, yeah. I mean, it's like it's there's a thing that I think I'm. I think I'm going to start adding this to this thing that I say a lot where I say there there's millions of dollars made in self-help books, but there's no money made in self-fix books because they don't come out because they're not a thing. You got to continue to work. You got to continue to figure it out. (laughs) And uh, I'm sorry, I'm moving around. I'm getting a cup of coffee, an iced coffee. All right. Yeah, yeah. It's it's telling me poor connection, but I think, uh, you know, it'll be better back when you're in the other room. There we go. How's that? Good. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask you um, if you have any experience with psychedelic drugs. Oh, wow. You know, I only did probably nothing too strong. Would mushrooms count? Yeah, totally. Well, I had great times on mushrooms. Um... And, uh, I've, you know, that's really the only psychedelic I've done probably ten times my whole life. Yeah. And uh, all but two. And the two were just not, did nothing really happen, but they weren't even bad. But some of them have been, oh, my God, we just, I mean, one night it just all went, we were just, our knees hurt. Our, I go, my knees feel like they're funny. <laughs> Because they were just itching, because I'm like, I can't stop. We were laughing so hard just doing bits and. Um, it was really fun. How about, have you done, have you done, you've done mushrooms before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've done mushrooms a handful of times. Um, I've, I've got like a little bit more experience with, with ayahuasca and stuff like that. Oh, really? You've but done that? I don't call it a drug at all. I definitely, it's a, it's a sacred medicine for me. So, um, I'll get up on a high horse when people talk to me about psychedelic drugs and like, uh, it's a it's a spiritual med- medicine like uh, it's not a, it's not a party it's definitely not a party it's fucking work like I'm going within who I am and challenging my ego. Wow, that's great! You know, the only other drug that I want to do that I you know I, I don't that I yeah that I wouldn't mind doing would be um uh. You know, um, I guess with Molly or X. Oh yeah, yeah, ecstasy. Yeah. Um, but I would want it because I, I just I wouldn't. You know, I know that the people say, "Oh, I know someone who I get it from." I'm so paranoid, and I guess I could answer my that same question about pot or mushrooms. But I think for some reason that would be different. That like I don't want to get a batch of it. 
bad, even though I know it hardly ever happens. I get it. People that have done it go, oh, my God, it's safer than this. And they're probably right. But I would feel better if I can get it from, like, literally someone that knew a doctor. Because, you know, doctors can uh, – doctors need it sometimes. Yeah, they, for, they prescribe it to their patients. Yeah. yeah. If they're doing uh, also some – which the way it was explained to me made so much sense was that, like, picture of something, you know, uh, traumatic happened to you and all over – and you had to go back and try to visit that horrific thing. We don't have to say what horrific things, but you can only imagine what happens to people. Right. And you want to go back there as a therapist and visit it with a place of love and empathy. How do you do that if it was a, a, an attack or whatever? And then in mm. walks Molly or, or E. This is the way I was told it. And it made sense. Yeah. Like, wow, how could you go back there? And then you're on this drug and it's, and it's, it's from a doctor and you know it's not going to be like with bad shit in it. I would like to try X if I could do it that way. Have you ever done X? No, 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 I have not. I you want to? I, I don't know. I don't really know. See, I'm, I'm conflicted this, at the same thing with, like, with LSD, too. Because it's, like, with, like, with, like, pot or, like, with, with, uh, with mushrooms or pot. It, it's from the earth or what, you know what I mean? It's, like, scientists and, uh, like, messing with that. That kind of freaks me out a little bit. Um, but I don't know. I think, I think it would, it would definitely have to be the right situation. I definitely don't want to do any drugs partying. I don't want to party drugs. It's not, not, not my scene. I don't want that at all. Because I had one opportunity where I thought I was going to do Molly and it was, it was too much going on where I was at. Um, I trusted the person that had it. Mm. I did, but, uh, but, uh, I was too much going on. I'm like, no, I need to, I'm going to want to be like. When we did mushrooms, when we had the most fun, was a very, very select. Uh, you just invite people over that are always a great energy. Like you have friends, oh that, I have a lot of close friends that I like. But then there's a and there's a big group of them. It's nice to have them, right. but they're not all like that. Some no, they don't get along with other people. I get along with everybody in this situation because they're all my friends. That's why. But do they get along within? I always invite the ones that are like, and it's. It's always the friends that are like, no, I've known them, sometimes I've known them 20 years, sometimes I've known them two years, but they're always just a good energy, they get along with everybody, it's nice to watch people like that, you have a new friend, that this other friend moves from Philadelphia, he meets all your friends that are here, by the end of the night, they're just all getting along like they've known each other forever, it's such yeah. a, those are the type of people that I like doing mushrooms, that I've had, that had the most fun doing mushrooms. But like that, that's, a, that's the same thing that kind of fascinates me with resources in any way like i go if i could so the same thing with having these friends who like you just you just introduce people who weren't introduced before and now they're part of a circle um right i love that when it comes to any resources where i go like i introduced this guy to that guy now they're making films together i introduced this guy to that guy that's a good uh yeah, I know. Yeah, that, I always think that feels good because it, it says, you know, that's why you like that person because they reminded you you're all you all. That's why you know your friends will always get along usually because you all have you common, know, a you. Lot in common, right? Which is usually who you're, who, you know. Well, I don't know what I'm saying. I, I mean, do know what I'm saying, but I went on. I went on too long. I'm definitely like I'm definitely like if if I if it fascinates me if like if i just give somebody a shirt of mine that doesn't fit me anymore and that becomes their favorite shirt like how cool is that like just that little piece of being a resource to somebody and they're like hey you know 
where I got this shirt or whatever. You know, it's just like yeah, yeah, yeah. silly little. That's a great way to look at it. That's a, that's a, that's a good, uh, I like looking at it that way. It's awesome. Like, I love, I love like just that. I, I always tell people like, you know, um, what do you need? If you need anything, call, and, and I even said this in the, and it wasn't even, it isn't even connected, but I used it in the voicemail. The, what do you need? But yeah, what do you, it wasn't even. First of all, I don't know if you recorded it before, but like, I cannot believe that your outgoing voicemail literally got me. I was talking to it. You, I would have been embarrassing if you saw how much I was talking to it. <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the thing that you have in there, have you ever played it for, the, for your listeners? No, I just did it like last week. Like, oh, we'll play it. Why don't you put it in right now? I I can't right now, but no, I mean later. Post. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Okay, so you <laughs> just put it in. I'm trying to give you a place to put it in. All right, cool. Um, this this will be where it is, right here. But yeah, so, yes. What you did there that was brilliant uh, was I'm in the bar. I, so I'm like, can you hear me now? Hello. I'm like, oh, I'm like, I cannot believe it. And then if you listen closely. I know I curse. I'm like that fucker got me. <laughs> well, I do I do a thing where uh, I say, uh, "You've been faked out, you jerk," but I don't think I pronounced it good enough. And I, it's only been a week, and I did um, I I, I only did it. Um, I don't know if I did it for tweeting about it, but I tweeted about it. I said the only people that the only people that ever call me are like telemarketers or scammers or people who deserve being pranked so right. let them get pranked you know when i had my landline it's funny you mentioned that when i had my landline i didn't want people leaving messages so i left um i said look if you're calling you have my number you know use my cell i didn't give it it's been such a long time because i haven't had a landline in a while i go but for everybody else i go i'll oh, just cut i didn't care how long it went on and then it cut out 90% of the messages that were people were leaving. Well, yeah. Because it would only be like you said. And who would I do that to? Yeah. I try to be nice to telemarketers. I really do. I know. But I have my threshold to where I'm like, all right, come on now. I try to, you know I'm being nice to you. That's what I always say at the end. I'll go like, if, if I push it and they really won't, I'll go, now come on, don't push it. You know I'm being nice to you because you know how people usually are. Mm -hmm. So don't push it. Right. I, I appreciate your time because I know I'm being nice. I am. I'm always. I listen. I try. You know, on my good days. I never hang up, which I just can't. I know they hate it, and I try to. I try to. I try to give them be as cool as I can be. I, a good amount of times, like it, if it'll be like a bill collector or something, you know what I mean? Like, then I'm like, oh, look, sorry, um, I'm. How much do you make at your job? <laughs> like, it's like, let's let's be real. It sucks, dude. Like, let me. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, but but now with the phone, with the cell phone, it practically never happens because uh, unless I'm waiting for a call and they're not in my phone, once in a blue moon I see a number. I go, oh, I'm waiting for this person to call me, and I don't have their number in my phone, but I emailed them my number. I'll pick up and I'll get got that way. But other than that, with the cell phone, you don't kind of. You know, except for your phone ringing, but that's not what we do. Uh, anyway, any, <laughs> anywho, I digress. I, I, I love that, like, uh, you had a, 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 a thing on your, on your emails. I don't know if this is on all of your emails, but you said the thing like, happy birthday whenever that comes around? No, I just write that a lot. 
Uh, well, it was gold to me. I love it. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I just write it a lot. Because it's just funny. Like, when, you know, just, it just... I mean, emails can read aggressive. I try to use language that represents how I would want to sound if I met somebody. So well, sometimes I'll say their names. In my head, when I say their name, it's like, you know, I'd be like, James, James, James. Like, that's yeah. how I'm saying yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And then at the end, it's, you know, Todd, Todd, Todd. Like, there we go. Like, so I try to, you know, so that's what I go. And happy birthday when that comes around. <laughs> it's I like, figure everyone's got a birthday that just passed or it's almost coming around. Right. Dude, the, the, I was just thinking about this today. And I, I don't know how it is for you, but maybe it's similar. Like, I feel like the older I'm getting, the faster weeks are going. Like... The, the faster time is going. I mean, I've always thought it, but I'm feeling it more and more now. Well, I think there's a comedian, and I forget his name, that breaks it down brilliantly and why it's true. And I think it's also, like, when you're little, you want Christmas to come, and then it represents work as you get older. Right. But I'll tell you what I have noticed. You know, I just... I saw that movie... Uh, it's a documentary on Netflix called The Minimalist. I hope the Minimalist. No, really I, I haven't what? watched it yet. Go ahead. I haven't watched it yet. Oh, okay. Is what I I'm saying. I think we cut out there a little bit. Can you hear me really yeah. good? Yeah, yeah. Hear you fine. Yeah. It was, it, I know, what does it have to do with what you just said as far as, you know, I noticed that since I watched that, since I saw that documentary, it really inspired me to, not only, and I was already super, super organized, but still get rid of so much stuff. And it wasn't really that hard, to be honest. It's not like I was walking around my house. If I if I was on the fence, I kept it. Right. But there was still so much shit I can get away with. Once you develop the mantra, things start flying away because you're like, does this have purpose to my life? And certain things are in the gray area. Keep them. If, if you're not, but it wasn't hard to get rid of a lot of stuff. And then I started doing it with bills and things I didn't need and just buying anything and I had this place up in Lake Arrowhead and it paid for itself because people would rent it and I convinced myself that you know it pays for itself I rent but yeah it still about work it didn't did that does it add value to my life I said right. I go, you know what it did and I have great memories but not anymore it's just it adds more stress to my life sold it boom life slowed down a little bit yeah you know what I did man um like I I decided like in April of this year, and I kind of didn't really go public with it very much. I decided in April of this year that I was gonna stop wrestling. So um, I've been wrestling. I've been wrestling for about eighteen years now, and I decided in April that I was done. Um, so I'm slowly fading out. I'm not done fully, but like I'm only wrestling. I'm only wrestling for one place instead of wrestling every single weekend. I'll every six weeks I'll have a match. Um, I, I had like all these, all these envelopes that I used to get cash in that said Corey on them. And I was like, oh, you know, it might be cool one day to look back and be like, oh, look, this is where my money used to come in. But I just threw them all away today. And I was like, you know, more money will come, more envelopes will come. Like, right, right. yeah, I think it's, it's, uh, it, it, you know, it's some, uh, good, clean thought process and it's. It's helped me, and, you know, granted, I get it. I never like to tell it like I'm saying for everybody. Right now, there's someone out there right now that 
it, it doesn't, but it just, it, I know, I think, to be honest with you, no, I changed my opinion on that. I think that documentary and that thought process can help anybody. Some right now that maybe doesn't have any wiggle room. No, it's not an overnight answer, but it does really, the, to stop buying shit, what a great thing to mm. learn uh, as early as you can learn it. And it doesn't mean you can't have things, you know, no one's asking you to be a monk. Right. Just saying, you know, just less crap, you know. And then, and, you know, I, you try to figure out a nice way to say it, especially for people that exchange gifts. Right. But, like, I just, I heard a friend say, I told my mom, hey, mom, let's put our money towards experiences. Like, you know, like, that's when you're not, you're not shitting all over the exchange of gifts or doing something. But let's put it into experiences, you know. And I'm well, like, I mean, the, <laughs> the gifts, the gifts are... Ceremonial, you know what I mean. That's that's a part of, and that's a, like, I I look at gift giving now as much of it like a ceremony as a wedding or like a funeral. You know. Yeah, you know what? I'm not speaking for everybody at all. I'm really not, but I'm speaking for myself. But I bet it includes a lot of people. Um, I'm not saying when I'm talking about certain things, I'm talking about things that maybe I think I've gotten on the better side of it, being, you know, putting things in perspective. But on other things in my life. Hell, I, I I eat meat and I would like to not one day. So I'm not, and it's pathetic because I know how bad it is. So I'm not trying to like act like, oh, oh, I know I'm spiritual with everything. No, I'm just, some things I've mastered a little better than others. Nothing uh, doesn't continue to need work. And then some things I'm doing real shitty on. So I'm just talking about a few things that I try to, you know, okay, I'm doing better. I get a, can I give myself a B on this? And the gifts Look, for my nephew and my niece, like, my brother has kids now that are, like, you know, like, still, they get excited to open up gifts. Of course. Like, I want everyone to get them a gift, and everybody wants to get them a gift. Right. So I'm in on that. Like, what age do we stop that? I'm not even worried about it now. Right now, it's fun watching them open up gifts, you know? Yeah. They always love what you give them, but it's still fun, especially when they're, and they're still little, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, little enough. But, um, but, uh... But overwhelmingly, I think it stresses a lot of people out. And I think, sadly enough, for certain people, look, I like getting gifts. That's not my point. It's fine. People sometimes can get you really cool things, you know? Yeah. But overwhelmingly, um, it's it's just you're buying things, and you have to remember that certain people, those gifts do more for than other people. Mm-hmm. And in saying it the most spiritual way that I can say it, if, if that's the time of the year where it just it makes you feel special and you know you don't but but people that overwhelmingly center and don't need that gift giving it's such a healthy thing to let go of it's everyone stressed out get together and say what would make you in the best mood when i'm going to see you you know and there's exceptions yeah. there's always exceptions i'm not saying this should apply to everybody there might be someone you want to send i'm not i'm just saying for the big gift giving and by the way my family basically agreed like I'd rather everyone be in a great mood when they were there. No stress. Oh, I have to get this gift and get that gift. No, if that if that puts you in a good mood, but does it? You know, no. It stresses everybody out. Show up with good spirits and stop with all the fucking gifts. Well, well, you know, the it's it's funny, man. Like uh, the the old it's a cliche sort of thing, but it, it's like it's true when it comes to a certain amount of gifts because it's really. Like the thought that counts, and it's really the sincerity, and it's like the, uh, like it goes back to what we were saying—the legacy that's created from a memory that's made. Right, and, and and I'm not, I'm not by any 
really means. I'm always careful because I know people hear things you say and it can get taken out of context, even just a light conversation like this. But, like, there are different situations. I'm not saying never give a gift. I'm just saying relook at your own situation. Don't do what I'm saying. If it pushes you to go, you know what, I feel like he feels it. Maybe my mom, I'll do it on the side. But we stop the mess. It's like, it'll get, it's just so, I'll give you an example. Like when, when you go over somebody's house and like my mom, my mom will get stressed out about all the food. You know what? Then do less. Right. We, we, I'd much rather have you in a great mood and you make a pot of meatballs and you have a turkey there with some, you know, whatever it is, just something out all day. You have like uh, six lasagnas made and you just put them through the oven throughout the day. And that's all as opposed to thinking, oh, I got to cook this. If cooking this stuff, I'm not telling you not to cook it. If cooking all this food will make you in a good mood and relax, oh my God, cook away. But it's not worth it. The food is not delicious enough and it's good. Right. But it's not good enough. It's a compliment because it's as good as it can be. But it's not better than watching you exhausted on Christmas Day. Right. No, I'd rather have less and have you present and have you not exhausted. And to have this whole holiday not represent this one moment that everyone comes over and opens up the door. And, oh, look, and look how nice it looks. And it's not worth not having you there. I'd rather you figure out simpler ways to do it that still feel Christmassy. I've done it in my life with Halloween. I like Halloween. But I used to do way too much. I go, what can I do? I still want it to feel like Halloween. That sort of goes over to Thanksgiving. I used to get real bales of hay. Like two, put them in the front door. <laughs> nope. I get a few pumpkins. I put them out there. If one on the dining room table. You know, I get it feeling Halloween-y. Right. Simple. And, I, and it doesn't represent stress to me. It used to. Oh, I'm going to have to go get that hay. Great. It'll look good when I have company. Who gives a shit? Make it look good easier. Um, so what? Like, what are your? Go fuck yourself. What are your <laughs> parties like? I know you have like big parties a lot. Well, like gatherings at least, not parties, but you know. Yeah, you know, I have like you know I try to uh, like you know I'm, once people are here, um, most of my friends smoke pot. Having people that come over to smoke pot, it's really a lot easier because they usually bring their own pot. Right. Sometimes they'll bring candy. So, but. You know, I, I will have, like, uh, I have the house pretty dark. I try to have cool music on, something to get here in the car. Right. You know, and just pretty swanky. Tor- torches are great. They're $5. You light two torches. That, no matter where you live, get it dark enough and light two torches. People will sit around them, you know. So I got it pretty swanky. And liquor, I don't really have to worry about. I have a bottle of Jack Daniels out, some Coke bottles in the refrigerator. And maybe a bottle of tequila if it's a if I choose to have it that type of night. Usually, just the Jack Daniels moment. I always have the Jack out if I'm having people over. like you know, like not just three friends, but if I'm having like 15, 20 people over or something like that, put a bottle. But I'm not putting mixers and sodas. Oh, that thing, oh that bell. Then you come in and somebody spilled the coke. Fuck that. Can <laughs> <laughs> you brought it up and now it made me think. Uh, what like? Do you ever have experiences with edibles where, like, it feels like a psychedelic experience? Well, you know, it's funny you ask that, because I think you can even get it to go there. Mm. It, I, it's, God, that's so, we talked about this a few months ago. Now, look, I'm not saying it would be the same as mushrooms or acid or whatever you're doing. But I think the right pot, if you lower the lights dark enough, 
and even put some music on that's like maybe yeah maybe even a parody of funky music but you know sounds like just some sound waves or mm-hmm. not meditation like birds or anything or the ocean no just something very even a lava lamp like we put a lava lamp on the tv one we just put one up on the tv you know right and we sort of were able to dabble into that just with marijuana let ourselves you know are you fooling yourself maybe you'll split the difference you know i think you're just letting yourself experience that drug and maybe in a you know what did you say in a, in a hallucinogenic yeah, psychedelic way? sort of way yeah, yeah. hallucinogenic but, psychedelic sort of way yeah like do you ever like like i i did i only did edibles once i only had an edible once and uh and then i fuck i that I was watching Black Mirror, and it fucked with me so hard. Wait, you... what's Black Mirror? Oh, dude, you don't know Black Mirror? No. Oh, man. It's on Netflix, and it's like, it's just this, like, sci-fi about, like, what technology is doing to people. And, like, it's every episode is a different story. Dude, get high and watch Black Mirror, I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, I've been doing that thing. Someone talked me into it with... Uh, oh, okay, so anyway, that that was... Uh, well, we were talking about the... Uh, the okay, psychedelic, and then I said, you know, pot won't do it completely, but try to, like, make pretend a little. But um, I've been smoking... Someone told me to do this, and I thought, you know what? I, they told me to do that two weeks ago, and I haven't done it yet. What's the thing on Netflix where they show the wild, the nature? Oh, uh, Planet Earth? Yeah, and that... Oh my God! Every so often I'll be like, "That's crazy," and then we all go, "What are you, Tracy Morgan?" Like, anytime anybody says that's crazy, like, <laughs> we're like, "What are you, Tracy Morgan?" And that's what I say. I watch that show. I go, "Oh my God!" I'm really saying that genuinely. I'm like, "Oh my God, that's crazy!" Like, I'm gonna like, get this show pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that is, hey, it's fun to watch. Not high, but there's no doubt high. Yeah. It's like. Wow, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, um... <laughs> the, uh, I was just going to say it again. That's why I'm laughing. <laughs> so, yeah, man. Um, I, I say constantly, man, and I, I, I wanted to extend it to you, and I, I probably have already, but I was like, you know, if in any way my, my experience in life uh, can lend you some guidance in whatever way you need it, Please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Um, I want to be a resource to anybody. You know what I mean? And, and I, I and I say that mostly, like, considering, like, if you maybe you need to know something about pro wrestling, or maybe you need to know something about, you know, some local Philly stuff that you don't know anymore, or something. You know, any any stupid thing. You know? Yeah, but, I get, it's a good energy to put out. I appreciate that. And it, you know, if you're around, if you come back to Philly or whatever, and want to hang out. Let's do it. Let's hang out. Well, you, should you, know? come to a, you should come to Helium when I'm there um, because I always, it, it's, my, it's my favorite place in the world. Uh, it really is. Like, that club, they they know what I like and they go so far out of their way to, when I'm there, like I go in the winter because sometimes it's, I, I, I like a room so freezing cold that the only time I, you know, I go in the winter and then. I'm coming in January for the, uh, it's like the Martin Luther King weekend, whatever that okay, is. Okay, the third week. Thursday, the third Thursday, week. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and mm-hmm. then that Monday approaching would be Martin Luther King Day, the day after my last day there. Okay. But anyway, and um, it's, after the shows, 
And when the whole audience files out, sometimes like even the band that I bring will go back up on stage and just play for everybody or let people go up. And that's when we have a really good time hanging out there. Oh, so sometimes awesome. like very late and just uh, being silly and having the whole club all to ourselves. They're that's just awesome. great over there. I love everybody on the staff. There's so many great, warm, affectionate, nice people there that it makes it's my favorite place to be because I love to go to a place and get comfortable. Like I get there on Wednesday, I set up in the dressing room, the band sets up, and then every night I know I walk into perfection. Mm-hmm. The audiences, they could be better one night and not as good the next night. Usually they're amazing every show, in all fairness. But some nights, you know, it's just the, the, the way it is. Well, no, I like Thursday, it was Friday. But it doesn't matter, I don't care about it. Because I know all the circumstances are going to be at their best. I'll deal with you, some audiences are like this, some are like that. When I have everything else perfect, when I know they're not letting people in the audience talk, and the room's dark, and the wait staff knows how to wait on the tables, mm-hmm. and everything else is perfect... I try to handle my job. I haven't always done it, but as, as the more I do comedy, I want to do that part of the good because you're, you know you're, they're doing all these right things. I don't want to go up on stage and believe me, I've, I've made this mistake in the past. You go up on stage and you do a shitty job. Great, they did everything right, and you. So when they get it as right as helium, it makes me perform that much better and uh, and match them on how professional they are. So and then you know to, to earn their respect because they have. So it's it's. You should come hang out because you'll have a great time. It's great energy after the show. Awesome, man. Uh, I have to tell you, man. Like I, want to, I want to say, like I don't, I don't consider myself a comedian. I do jokes. I do open mics like every week. Like I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a comedian. I'm a guy who happens to do some comedy or try to do some comedy. But uh, when I, when I did, when I did my first open mic, it was at Helium. That was like 2008, um, and. It, it's, it, it's a perfect room, man. I have some pretty good memories there. Um, I had a... Uh, I remember the guy who emceed the first open mic I did there. Who? He, I don't remember his name, but he was hilarious. Huh? Chip No, I mean, I know Chip. He's He's been... He's done it... He's done... He's hosted when I've been there before, but... Um, and by the way, Chip, I wouldn't be hosting now. You're just saying this was 10 years ago. Oh, yeah, this was... Chip to listen to your podcast. Hey, honey, Todd thinks I still host that pile of shit. <laughs> and then she <laughs> Ah, why you gotta take his side? <laughs> no. <laughs> ah, whatever. Uh, How was that acting? Did you like the no, voice? In the dude, background? you know, you should like audition for Comedy Central. I mean, not Comedy Central, Cartoon Network. Cartoon Network, wow. you get an Adult Swim show. Thank you. It would be great. Thank you. But no, dude, uh, Chip. Chip's a good dude. I I like him a lot and uh, have a lot of fun with him. I think Chip's the real deal. Nice yeah. guy. Yeah, I mean, always have a good time. Like uh, when he when he did the podcast with me, we just like riffed for forever. We just like sat there doing bits with each other, and that's what like that's the kind of comedians I like to hang out with. Yeah, Chip is. Uh, you know, overwhelmingly comedians. I uh, really enjoy hanging out with comedians. Even if they're brand new comedians, they're still comedians. Right. No one better to hang out with uh, than, uh, you know, just, well, you know, can we, when I say that, like, you, you can have issues, and you can have, be quirky, and you can be dealing with shit, and you can be even, like, affectionately crazy, but there can still be a calmness about you 
and a decency about you. And I think that's what most comedians have that I really like. And, you know, even with some, for lack of a better word, Michigas, uh, they're, they're, they're nice to be around and they're fun to be around and they're silly to be around and they can be serious and they can be silly and they can be everything and they can be crass and they can be gentle and that's, you know, it ends up being not being, you have yourself around nice people. And I always, I always, uh, you know, and Chip's one of those guys. You know, Godfrey, I know he listens to your show. I know he's going to come. He has a big alarm that goes off at his house. And whenever <laughs> he gets mentioned on a show, and then, uh, 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 and then, he, then he turns on his uh, CB, and he gets on, you know, gets uh, starts talking to the truckers. Should we stay, should we say nicer, should we say nicer things now? Should we say nicer, nicer things about Chip? Well, I think we've said enough at this uh, point. You know, he's probably sitting there listening. Picture him sitting in his car, and he has to get out of his car to run into Wawa to get something, but we're still talking about him. <laughs> so now he's sitting in his car, listening to us talk about him, now hating himself, because he's like, oh, now it's pathetic. I'm literally doing What would be the odds if that actually happened? If he just happens to be driving down the street, somebody said, Chip, they're talking about you on, you know, on the, what's the name of your podcast? Evolving with Corey Castle. Thank you. Uh, I just, I'm just making sure you knew. Believe me, no. I fucking know. Of course you do. This guy's trying to get out of it by lying. Um, anyway, <laughs> that whole thing's over. I think I'm getting higher as I sit here. Um, yeah. Um, here's the other question I like to ask a lot of times. Um, in your life, uh, what gave you the incurable look-at-me disease? The What's your damage is sort of the question. Where'd that come from? Well... You know, it's funny you say that because I don't think you have to be to be a good comedian. I don't think you have to be an alcoholic. Right. Uh, I don't think you have to be. I'm saying you could be. And, um, some great comedians have been alcoholics, and I'm not. I'm not. And I'm not promoting alcoholism. I'm just saying you don't have to be. I don't think you have to have bipolar. Bi, you know, be bipolar or, or have to suffer of depression. If you, you know, I don't think that. Although again, these are some things that that do run with certain comedians. But I think you have to at least. Beat to a different drum, right? And I know that's a sh- a, a, a very shitty way to say, not a shitty way, but not oh, it's, expressive. It's cliche, yeah, for sure. Drum. But like, come on, I hope I could. But, but if, and that's why, you know, when Jerry Seinfeld always talks about how normal you can be to be a comedian, well, and and it's not that I'm bragging. I'm just saying some of the best of the best have dealt with some very serious issues. And, I, and again, I'm not saying you have to, but there's a, there's a respect to not like spit all over some of the, Oh, I don't, why can't you just be a normal comedian? Why, why do you have to? And he's always, he's very proud of that. Like, and in a way I don't like it because it's like going, well, you know, you, you, you don't have to, can't you just be here? And you know, yeah, it would be great. But in all fairness, your comedy, your stand up comedy, does not show that it produces the best comedy in the world that stands the test of time. Look, Jerry Seinfeld puts a litmus on tape. I have no beef with him at all. But I'm allowed to put a litmus test on absurdity and still have respect to the show, which I fucking love. I mean, there's not that many things in life that bring me joy as much as that show. I know when I'm going to turn it on, within three seconds, I'm going to feel really good. I love the show. Mm. But that's not his legacy, his stand-up. His stand-up... Look, you can make excuses, but it at the end of the day, it looks back as a very vanilla. You know, and you could go, well, whatever you look back on stand-up, it's going to look... That's not true. Stand-ups are like TV shows. Some stand the test of time. Some were funny in that era. 
and the product of who he was, very vanilla comedy. Now, his show, on the other hand, holy shit, but in Walk Larry David. Right. So, I'm not saying that Jerry's handprint isn't all over that show, but so is the neuroses of Larry David. Hmm. So, I think if he got it, and for a guy that thinks he gets it, it's hard for me to watch him when I think he's just off. Because I think if he got it, he'd do that whole rant about, can't you just be a normal guy? You know, he said that in so many ways. Yeah. But go, but again, my legacy is probably my show and in Walk Larry David, so maybe I should shut the fuck up about how normal <laughs> But no. No. So, I think uh, my, and what did you ask me? What my neuroses were? What's your damage? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, I wanted to say that. So what? I got it off my chest. Um, but you asked me what, ask, ask you my, ask, maybe I go off on tangents, mm-hmm. but at least I answer the question. So what was your question again? What's your damage? My damage is, um, probably, you know, growing up, I don't know damage, I know what you mean, I know, I know what you mean by that, right, but, right. um, I mean, that's a, that's a very crude it way. It me, it became, probably my empathy comes from, uh, hearing, you know, growing growing up, knowing that I was, uh, you know, gay, mm. and um, and and hearing what it was like to hear people say things, you know, and just be so off and so wrong, and you know, so you know that affects. I don't know. I, I mean, maybe I try to turn that positive and go. Just don't ever do it to another group. Right. Just don't ever do it to another group, and may pretend it's all right. That's all you can do. Is just don't turn around. That's why I think it's. You know, when you see gay people that are uh, that are racist right. or black people that are homophobic or women that are racist or you go, no, you the one thing that could have been good can, good can can come good out of this. I know you don't think you did it. It doesn't matter. A judgment from afar is sometimes the judgment. Whether you agree with it doesn't change the assessment. Right. And the assessment from afar is you're turning around and doing it to another group and and, and I know you don't think you are. And again, that doesn't matter. You are. So I tried. I just don't want to ever do that. Right. You shouldn't so be that both. sticks with me to just whatever it is, whatever comes along. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to just do exactly what I wanted. And that's just to be loved for who the fuck you are, especially when there's genuinely nothing wrong with you. So be very careful the rest of my life. And, if I, and you know the way, way I'm really strict about it now? Whatever movement comes along, whatever people's plight, whether it's the Redskins that that prefer not to be called that, to go not only to end up being right every goddamn time and it makes sense. And I don't want to be a part of someone just wanting exactly what they deserve. That's all they want is every fucking thing they deserve. So I try to live every day going, just if you're not strict about it now, what am I going to be like when I'm 80? I really would like to be a 90-year-old person that whatever new comes along, I fucking go with it. And then when so you're not... start training yourself when you're young. And I say that to people that are 25. Mm-hmm. Start young if you don't want to turn into an old, miserable fuck that hates progression. Right. When you're 90 years old, dude, you're going to find a time machine. You're going to come back and you're going to find yourself. And you're going to be like, <laughs> shit, I look just like you. <laughs> like uh dude i just i I just that what you were saying just made me think of a thing like uh we have we have a we have a basketball net in our neighborhood and the little kids that go out there to play basketball like the other day i walked past them and i heard this other the one kid say to the other kid 
hey, John, if I make this shot, you're gay. And, he, and then he missed, and he went, I missed on purpose. I didn't want you to be gay. Like, how is that still a thing? How are you still involved? How are you still involved in this existence? What are you doing? Who are your parents? And you know who you, you know who you blame for that most of the time. Not always. Not always. Not always. Not always. But I don't blame the kids for that mm-hmm. because when you have a lot of adults that are still using that language, right. the one thing you have to offer them is wisdom. And in this case, you fail miserably right. if you're using those words like retarded or gay or chew me down before that or there's. Other words, you know, that are whenever you know we replace, and 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 um, you know, when you're an adult, the problem is when you're an adult. There's people that hold on to a few wrong things, but in many other areas, they they have a lot of wisdom to offer. But when you're so wrong on one thing, if you do have other things to offer, people write you off and deservedly. Right. If you were at a party and someone said, you know, I don't know, I don't think. Uh, I don't think uh, black people should marry white people. Right. And that's the first thing you heard them say. Then you moved away from that person. You right. went, what? You can't, you can't take back that first impression. And then right. someone goes, oh, you know what? After that, they said brilliant things that, uh, the rest of the night. You go, well, why don't you talk to them about the thing they lead with? Because I wrote them off after that. Right. Sometimes something's so egregious that you literally write someone off. And that's the problem with adults that do have wisdom to offer. When they're so off on certain things... Younger people that are positive, you're off. They're like, I don't know if they have anything to offer. And the sad thing is, you might. It's just you're wrong on that. But it's so big that people go, oof, I don't know if I'm sticking around. Hey, the person that just said that, I don't feel like sticking around to see if I get any words of wisdom thrown at me. Yeah. Well, like, that's that comes with, that comes with uh, certain people's egos, narcissism, that comes along with that. That comes with this unsolicited advice all the time. I can't. I can't hear any word that comes out of somebody's mouth that follows. You know what your problem is, or or uh, why don't you just dot 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 insert shitty thing? Yeah, right. That's funny. I, you know what your problem is. I used to have a joke. This. And what if your problem was what people? What if your real problem was like when you went to the doctor? This is what he told you. Or what people sarcastically said to you. So the doctor goes, okay, listen, we took an x-ray. You know, we took a urine sample. Here's your problem. Your problem is, and he points up to the x-ray like he's going to point out something on the x-ray. Your problem is you won't shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, really? No, 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 no. Here's, here's your problem. So we took your x-ray. We took your blood sample. We did. Now look at your x-ray. Here's your problem. Look right over here. Here's your problem. You won't ever fucking admit you're wrong. <laughs> You always got to make it about you, no matter what. The subject comes right back to your accomplishments. We need to get it. You're cool. I'm hungry. <laughs> All right. Well, the only other thing I have to ask you is, uh, if this podcast was now yours, I know you have a podcast, but let me say this podcast is now yours. And instead of being called Evolving with Corey Castle, it's called Evolving with Todd Glass. And... Uh, you'd have to wrap up sort of what this this conversation has meant to you as far as like what your Jerry Springer's final thought would be on this conversation and what to take away from it. Well, you know, <laughs> I'm going to give it my best shot. Um, 
God, now it's good. I'm nervous. You know, you start thinking, well, you mirrored a lot of the things, but I don't know if that's answering your question. You, 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 uh, you, we, we have a lot of our thought processes are the same, and sometimes it feels good to hear somebody say things that you already agree with, but you could say you're preaching to the choir. What good does that do? I think it does a lot of good. You can't always do it. But sometimes preaching to the choir helps because you learn new, clean ways to say things. You steal verbiage that you heard the other person say while describing it, uh, you know. Uh, so you leave from it with a new way to fight the fight. So that's why I always look at conversations like this. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's still so productive even when you're preaching to the choir with someone. When we were talking about things that ended up being social issues. So that's what I will uh, take away with it. A few new ways to... Uh, to uh, discuss things and change people's opinions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with that. What do you that. think? Did I do a good job? Yeah, man. I, 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 I feel like I've evolved quite a bit while, while having this conversation with you. And I've learned some things, and I'm going to take it away. I'm, I'm going to take it back, you know, listen back and maybe see if there's more stuff. Because it's on record, you know what I mean? This is going to be the thing that, that outlives me and outlives I you. Know, right? I, Someone's going to listen to this. Someone is going to listen to this. And you know what I hope? You know, you know what? It's funny you say that because I know that I'm not even thinking of things. I'm obsessed with it. And I'm not embarrassed I'm obsessed with it. To Look, I want to do it because it's the right thing to do. But if keeping a little like affectionate and slapping me in the face once in a while, remember, history, history. Keep looking at what people look like when they're on the wrong side of history. And on the wrong side of history, let's say 10 is the most egregious. Oh, this really narrows in to all of us. 10 is the most egregious. Forget about that. Forget about that the person, well, you know, is pouring Clorox in the pool around black people. Let's not even go there. That's the 10. Let's make the 10. That's the 10 of the egregiousness. The person pointing to a black child, a white person that is so angry that they don't even know not to take it out of the child. If that doesn't say you're fucking them off your goddamn rocker. You know, somewhere back there, think about it. There was a person that wasn't happy about the black people going to school with white people, but they were sane enough to not go to a child and point at it and go, well, it's not the child's fault that they're being made. No, they're not much off your rocker. You're pointing, get out of our school, right? Let's not go there. What I've learned in doing comedy for a lot of years, any level, if that's a 10, even a 2 of punching in the wrong direction. That's what keeps me good. Even a 2. Even a 2. Punching the wrong person. I look back on the and I'm like, oh, that, I did that. I don't have to make fun of a fat person. I, got, I can pick on anything I want. I can do better than that. So, well, you know what? After that whole big thing, and I was going to tie it into something you said, um... As part as evolving. Oh, yeah. And someone's going to find this. I know they're going to find things that I said that I'm not even aware of. I get it. But I just don't want to be egregious. I don't want to look like I have a vagrant disregard, if I use that word, for growing. That I don't, I don't want my grandchildren or people that love me or anybody on the planet to be able to listen to this conversation. And I hope they can. But go, no, this guy was at least given a fuck. Right. You know, he was trying Oh, I'm sure there's things I do right now that I can't even think of. I get it. I get it. I get it. So there's things I can't even imagine that we said during this conversation that later in years are going to go, oh, wow, that's funny. Even with them and they got it in that area. That's okay. I just don't want to be the worst. I don't want to score so low. that, And that's the way to say it. It's a blatant disregard for growth. Don't be concerned because everything that comes along new, you don't want to do. That's not my concern. 
that every single thing that comes along that's new, concern isn't that you don't want to do it. My concern is if it's everything that's new. No one's <laughs> you know? looking from you in a farm because you're not, you don't question, you're allowed to question things and you're allowed to ask questions. But, you know, a lot of people try to sell fighting as asking questions. And I don't find that cute. And it does fucking piss me off when people go, oh, even if you bring up this transgender thing, everybody, you can't even bring it up. You're not bringing it up. You're fighting against it. Don't try to act like you're going, hey, what is it? What, what, how's this, and how does this make them feel, and hey, I don't know, what is it again, I always say he when I think it's she, and then I say she, and I feel like shit, because I really am trying, you're making it sound like you're trying to do that, and people are going, hey, don't you, how dare you ask, no, you're not, don't you try to sell, if you're not for it, okay, but don't try to sell it as, what, I can't even ask questions, you're not asking questions, you're doing the opposite, you are adamantly fighting against them deserving anything, right, so, yeah, you know, that's what, I don't want to be that. I don't want people to find this conversation. And it's just, it is, it's the best way to say it. It came out clean, I think, a blatant disregard for any change. And you know what? Can I go on a little further? Can yeah, put sure. Can music behind this in post? Sure, yeah. <laughs> is that, because I have this theory that I, that I, that I use as a litmus test for myself to, to low. Can I just play Jimmy right now while you're doing it? Will evolve. Can you hear me? Yeah, good. Yeah, it's that in when you go back and look at any change at all, it doesn't matter. It has nothing to do with gay marriage most of the time. It just changed. I, it could be anything. Recycling, like we talked about. And I use this as an analogy to m see how most things are going to result, and that's non-smoking. In the beginning, there was no uh, smoking sections in a restaurant, and most people were up in arms about that. They were like, what? Then it got to the point where... There was no smoking in restaurants at all. And mm -hmm. that's when people go, try to follow me here. That's when they would go, I'm all right with the no smoking uh, section. But now no smoking. Now things are out of control. And what they're saying is, it's often people give you their resume when they're saying, I'm not all right with this change. But they try to give you the resume. So they go, I'm all right with the non-smoking sections. But, but they're not. They're just tired of arguing. Although, right. you know, but they're, they're going, but, now, but the non-smoking restaurant, that's when everybody thought they'd flip their lid. That now it's fucking out of control. Now it's going backwards. Now it's, what about a smoker's right, you know? But 30 years later, how do you look at it? You're like, non-smoking restaurants? Just you, Are you still on the fence about it? 30 years later, it's like, no, no, of course no smoking restaurants, right. you know? Well, uh, and then no I smoking th at the ballpark. I no think that... at the ballpark. That's when people went, now it is out. I remember people going, I understand the restaurants. I understand the restaurants. But no smoking at the stadium? I remember people going, now this is fucking out of control. But 20 years after it happened, even people that still smoke will go, no, their roof's off the place. But when you can put some time between it and you go, no, even at the stadium, you know. Right. And now, 20 years later after that, most people, you go, hey, should we bring back smoking to the stadium? We're going, even smokers are going, no, oh my God, no. It's just in the midst of it, when you take the work out of it and the change, and you're able to look at it subjectively, that's the way every issue is. Yes. And you look back on it, whatever it is, and you just go, well, oh, it was just right. Like, that's the comment at the end of my rant. How do you look back at no smoking? Well, some people think they should allow smoking in restaurants, and people don't, you know, want it then. But, but I think we can go to, like, supermarkets or whatever the whatever the rule is placed on by the individual owner. Now, I know restaurants can't do that, but I'm we, saying if they could, we most restaurant owners go, yeah, I'm going to go non-smoking. 
like most people that own, you know, um, our supermarket are going to, if they had the ability, they're going to go, no. So every single one that was fought the whole way, now when you look back on it, it's just a simple, oh, yeah, it's all just right. Makes sense. Well, I think you, you started the way. conversation that way. You started the conversation with me talking about change is hard. Like, growth is hard. Uh, it's... I think I think that most people should be more optimistic about the sentence. Just two words. They say what's ne-, instead of saying what's next, what's next, and then it goes into uh, what's next. This person does this, and then blah blah blah, and like have a shitty way. And we go okay, optimistically, what's next? Cool, let's do something. What's next? Right, it should come out. What's next? Right, that's such a kinder way to go. Hey, what's next? I'll take it on. Yeah. That's what people do that are successful in the business. Right. That's how you move progressively. If you if you do a record and it sells well, or you have a CD, you go, what's next? You don't go, oh, what's next? I should just be becoming a better comedian every year. <laughs> it's like, sounds ridiculous. Right. But, you know, but again, it's probably because you don't, I think a lot of times, the, the, the phrases become phrases for a reason. That mm. there is... Um, that there are people behind issues, and I think that's what people forget. They're, they're people. It's not just a rule of gay marriage. There's kids that you're telling, that you're making them feel like shit because you're telling them, no, you're normal, but just that, and you try to sell it. You think you're selling it well, but meanwhile, there's a kid that you're telling he should marry. They, that gets into their fiber when you're young, and then, you know, um, yeah, you're telling there's issues, but there's people behind issues. That's always well, I don't know. Like, uh, going into like thinking about that, like uh, I had an I had a conversation with a sixty year old man, and I I was like, um, I was like I read in the news. This was probably a year ago. I said I read in the news that California had passed a thing where in licensing they they've added a third gender, and and I was and uh. I was like, I think that's really cool. I think that's like, people don't have to be liars about what they are. You know what I mean? Like, people don't, they don't have to be accused of being a liar. They can just kind of say that they're non-binary. That's awesome. I like that. And he was like, uh, I don't get it. Like, yeah, of of course, of course you don't get it. Like, you're not relative. You don't have any relation to that. There's no way you can get it. It's not meant for you to get it. Right, right. You don't get it. You don't. And you don't get to say, by the way, I think so often people try to have discussions and sell them as questions. They really paint themselves victims. And somebody like that, my favorite thing is that they go, oh, I don't believe in that transgender thing. You don't, you don't get not to believe in it. Right. It's, we know. And, you know, and that sounds a little aggressive on my part. I guess the kind of way to say that is, well, because you don't benefit by it. Like, it's what we sort of said before. If you knew that on the other side of a little bit of work, you know, you were making somebody else breathe easier. Right. Because that's really all you're on the planet to do. And it, and again, it never weathers well. And that's what I would tell comedian friends of mine. Look, like I said, I think every comedian should do what they want. But if I can say something that makes you want to change, any level of punching the wrong people. That's why I say forget about the egregious acts, the, the hate things that have been done. Any level of punching down, even a one. I'm telling you, if there's one thing I could offer... They know a lot in life, but I hope I'm an alright comedian at least. Can I offer up? It doesn't feel good. So forget about outside pressure. Forget about, you know, someone complaining about your joke on Twitter. They could be wrong, but ask yourself within, not by a court order. 
But right. just like we said, people that go to therapy and they learn about the other person, that's why you change your behavior in therapy, not because someone ma- someone's making me be nice to my wife. Oh, that sounds horrible. I don't want you to stop using a word because you're pressured to use it. I want you to stop using it for the same reason you would stop treating your significant other in therapy a certain way. You'd be proud of it. You wouldn't say, oh, I can't call her stupid anymore. Like we said in the beginning, you'd be like, oh, my God, I'm glad that I don't want to and I'm embarrassed by it. So, yeah, just, you know, I'm, I'm repeating some of the things I said before. And that's your fault because I spoke told me to before well, we started this uh, It's funny, man. It, it made me think of a conversation I recently had, and I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, so I'm not going to say any names. But uh, uh, it was like, I said, like, what do you really think about um, homosexuality? Like, what's your, what's your thoughts on that? And he said, well, it's a sin under God. And I said, well, well, then what do you think about gay marriage? And he said, it's not real. And I'm like, it, and like you can't say something like that's not real. Because your your book, your God in your book, tells you like you can't say gay marriage is professional wrestling. You know that stuff's fake, right? Yeah, I think it comes from a place of being afraid. I know they're saying they don't think it should be. Well, yeah, you get to think that, but it's it's. Think of why somebody, well, like we said, there are ways to, you know, to me, the best facts can be to get through the bullshit. Because you can't, like we said, you can't argue with someone's opinion. Mm-hmm. But the problem is if they're not giving you their real opinion, like we said before, you can cast some holes. If what they're offering up for their problem with the issue is true, you can't find holes in it. And that's the way you have to go about it. That's why... Social issues can often be proven the best by someone that could be a slash therapist, slash lawyer, slash um, therapist, slash lawyer, slash detective. Thank God it came out right. And I really think there's a lot of truth to that. Slash lawyer, slash therapist, slash good detectives. Detectives and lawyers have to ask questions in ways that you don't know why they're asking. Right. Because if they do that, if they ask you in the way that you're comfortable, you'll and they know where you're going, they'll lie. Make someone know you're trying to prove a point. If you said to somebody, hey, you can still use the word retarded. And you know, I talk about it a lot because it, it just bothers me a lot. And you said to them, well, how would you feel at work if you found out behind your back that being a loser, like a 30 or 40-year-old guy that never is going to amount to anything, all his dreams are going to go down the toilet, and they called, they called that a robber behind your back because your name's Robert. Well, you can't ask like that because they know what you're asking and they're not going to go, God, I guess it would make me feel like shit. So they're going to go, I wouldn't care what people say behind my back isn't part of my work because they know what you're doing. So you can't ask them that way. So that's why detective, therapist, slash lawyer can get the truth out of people. So when a guy like that says that, your best way is to approach it thinking, okay, why would a lawyer slash therapist slash you know what? be good at it and you have to you say to them like it sort of leads back to what we were saying before better off saying well you look the other way for this when they use the bible find things in their life that they don't do out of the bible and then they don't you know they don't or, or use them or use a word around them once Can, you know call somebody a moron once go sh- someone that holds on to that word call them a moron oh my god you're a fucking moron and they don't know what you're doing, they'll explode. Go, oh, I guess words mean something. Right. It's like you have to trick people in to 
admitting that they're full of shit, that they're that not purposefully, but you're, you know, you can be a well-intended person, but you're not being honest with why things bother you. And you're getting caught in it. And be weary of it. Know from afar that intelligent people are going, they're not being honest. Um, they're not being honest. I want to... I wanna, uh... I want to say a thing. I had a and I take this with you because I think this is cool. Uh, I had a I had a, a Canadian filmmaker on my podcast. His name was Kurt. His name is Kurt Spenrath, and he he broached this situation, this conversation, this topic, and he said, "You can't logic someone out of something they weren't logicked into." Wow, that's you know that's funny because I would say that with a friend of mine. He, he said it the same way, that you can't, maybe your way of saying it better, but the one that was in my head was you can't ration somebody out of a thought that they didn't ration into it. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm sorry to keep going back to the same word, but it applies to across the board, this adage. But the reason I say to anybody that held on to using the word retarded, they, they didn't, I would say to a mass of people, anybody listening right now, how do I know that you didn't ration into using that word? By, by questioning and asking yourself questions. You did, and it's a compliment, and I hope I didn't repeat this before. You didn't ration into it. You know how I know that? Because you have every right. Anybody listening goes, how does he know? He doesn't know me. I'm on the other end of this guy's podcast. He doesn't know if I thought and asked myself thought-provoking questions. How can he come to that conclusion? Because I can. <laughs> because if you would have done it that way, you wouldn't be using the word. Well, well, like it's also that's, like that's what you, you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, totally, totally. So it's, you can't ration somebody out of it if they didn't ration into it. And by the way, for a guy that likes to talk, maybe because it gets it clean in my head, I hope it's more than just I like to hear myself talk. I try to use opportune moments to prove to myself and be proud of myself that I just don't like to talk. And I think that's what you have to do when somebody says something. You have to say to yourself. I don't know where to start with this person yeah. because I don't think they're being honest with me. So therefore I'm not going to debate them. Well, they're not, in other words, they're not telling me the truth. I would ask them, I go, can I, first thing I would ask them is there's something deeper than this. And if they say no, no, is there something you're really telling me? You're saying you're, 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 you're telling me why you're against gay marriage, why you think the YouTube movement is this or whatever it is. The YouTube, YouTube I don't think movement. you're really telling me the truth. And I know I might be wrong, but, but yeah. you don't even have to say all this outward. But you can say, you're not coming to me with the truth. Therefore, what you're coming to me with, because it's what you think I can handle, anything I say isn't going to combat it because it's not really what's bothering you. And sometimes you have to ask somebody that that's going, oh, there's a war on Christmas. All right, is it deeper than this? Because if it is, and I just keep answering you topically with what you've decided to tell me, I'm going to talk to you and talk to you because you, if you tell a doctor a fake ailment, nothing he tells you to do is going to make it better because you're not telling him truly what bothers you. Yeah. it's like, And I think that's what happens a lot. I think that's what happens a lot. When people say, I think Pat Nolsman has a joke, and I think it's with a lot. They don't want to go, two gay guys kissing weirds me the fuck out. It's just gross. Right. And I think it's somewhere Patton has a joke like this where he goes, oh my God, that's a start. Because you were honest. It might not, I might not like the what came out of your mouth, but it was the truth. Yeah, uh, Bill, Bill Burr has a thing like that too. That we can have an honest conversation. As opposed to, it ain't to be a marriage. Stop with that. Because I think there's got to be a day where people don't let people 
hide behind the Bible anymore. I think there's got to be a national campaign that goes, it's over. No, you're going to discuss it, and we're going to listen, and we're going to talk to us the other with, which, with respect, and I will lower the tone of my voice. Right. But we, no more hiding behind the pillar of religion. There has to be a mark in society where interviewers and people in the news go, no, we'll have an honest conversation, but you will not hide behind the pillar of religion. Too many people have done too much destruction hiding behind that pillar. Therefore, the pillar doesn't exist in my interviews anymore. Right. You must answer me and discuss it back and forth. And right. you will not offer up religion. Right. You had a good ride where you offered that up and you went, ah, shit, they say it's religion. Oh, they got it. Get out of jail free card. No more. <laughs> no more. Yeah. It's done. We Too much evil has happened behind the pillar of religion. And someone... In, 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 in media, and, and when they interview people about it, when they interviewed Mike Pence about it, someone has to go, no, no, no religion, sorry, nope, right. won't be a part of it. Right. It's like, it's like a cheat code. To do too much damage. Yeah, it's, you can't use that cheat code anymore. It's like when you're playing a video game and someone keeps using the same move. It's like you can't keep using that move. you got to use a different right. move. And people have to stop accepting it. You know, you know sometimes they, 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 if you said if in an interview, and again, this is when you can't think of good examples because people will go, they're not good examples because you're mirroring what you think their level of, you know, whatever you want to call it. You're, you're, you're mirroring to something they don't want to believe they are. So they think it's a bad example because otherwise if it's a good example, they don't like who they are. So they try to go, oh, no, that's not a good example. No, it's a good example. You just don't like what you look like yeah. with a little bit of time. Yeah, you're not ready, to, you're not ready to hear not ready and to accept. But, yeah just talking about the clarity where were we going uh talk about uh uh not using the religion as a cheat code the bible yeah it's just it's time to yeah it's uh, oh oh well i, I probably got a little lost but we talk about like what people are going to think if they find think if they find this podcast or they hear it i think a lot of interviewers you know and that have shows like you know traditional shows on television that sit these people down are going to wonder how they look when they let someone in 2018 float by anything as far as, you know, gay people shouldn't be able to be married or I think you can pray the gay away. You know how heavily you're going to be judged? If it's 1960 or 70 or 80, all right, we have a gray area. You still got to debate it. 2000, what team does it go? No. And I'm not saying there's not a lot of work to be done in, in the evolution of racism. That's not my point. Right. But thank God we're at the point where if you are running for the president or the vice president or a congressman of the United States and you say black people shouldn't marry white people, the interviewer doesn't spend two minutes going, well, I don't know if a lot of people agree. What would you say to this? Interview is over because we've deemed in 2018 – I'm not saying privately what people will do, and of course people don't think that. But if you're running for the office, the, the, on your 60 minutes is interviewing, they don't just you know give you a few hardball questions. Well, let's talk about economics. You don't get to talk about economics because right. that is such a large thing that it stops the interview. Right. And in most civil situations, but with the gay thing, it's still like you know they'll they'll putting up a good fight, and asking some questions, and really proving your point. It seems like, well, that's good, but I don't think so. I think you got to say no. We all got to start saying no. You, you, you have to. You, you can't. No, you say that the interview's over. Except for talking about that, I don't mean the interview's over. Right. We just talk about this. This right. is such a monumental thing. Just throw it into the category. However, if you want to be ahead of the time, 
Start responding to people when they say gay people shouldn't get married the same way you would respond the same way people and black people should get married. You want to be way ahead of your time. Right. Go, yeah, how would I handle that? How would I handle that? Well, I'm on my show. It's Monday night, 2018. Somebody comes on and says black people shouldn't marry white people. And I'm not asking to argue whether you think it's true. There's probably people out there that don't think they should. That's not the question. If you think that's the most egregious, hateful thing in the world, what would, you know, black people, they shouldn't marry white people. What would that really happen to me Monday night? And you know how it would happen. You wouldn't move past it. Start doing that with the gay thing. Does that make any sense? It does, yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely like this cloak, this cloak that covers for so many cop-outs in so many things. It's like, we definitely, the, the, uh, the, the accountability is gone. The accountability for human experience is gone once once you say that it's in this book. Uh, that, right. Once you say it's in that God, book... you just said that so nicely, that your accountability, <laughs> a book you're going to, has made... You know what? We're not even really making for not... I, I, believe me, not believing in God is a whole other conversation. We're not even there. Some right. people don't believe in organized religion. Some people don't believe in the interpretation of the Bible, but they believe in God and they go to directly to God. I, I would take that on too, but for now we're not. We're All we're saying is the interpretation of the Bible has led, like, sort of mirroring what I was saying a few seconds ago. Has, it can't be once you quote that book and you hold that book in such high, in, in such high regard, you are not going to be able to treat everybody nicely. Right. So, yeah. And by the way, if you apply the same adage, yeah, I know there has to be a gray area. I know that we couldn't 30 years ago end the conversation of gay marriage as quick as we did something from 50 years prior to that. Well, I get that was everybody's but argument was, what's next? What's next? What? Everybody's argument was, what's next? What's next? Married yeah. your pets? What's next? Like... Well, I love the way you said it, because it did mirror something, you know, but in a cleaner way. That's what I would like to say when people make clean thoughts. So I like you go, instead of going, what's next, you should be like, what's next? Like, let's help somebody else out. Yeah. <laughs> well, know, man. Like a fireman going, what should I do, just keep saving people until everyone's saved? I don't know, I'd like to. <laughs> Is no, it? I know why they say it. Maybe that type of flippant sarcasm. They're saying what's next, again, because they just don't see that... They don't see the other side of it. You know, nothing's worth it um, if, if there's not a positive side of it. It's just then it represents work. It's like I always say the cell phone thing. What keeps me not complaining about the cell phone, and that's probably the hardest thing when the new one comes out. And believe me, I, even with that, I'm like, don't, no bullshit, Todd. Shut the fuck up. These new cell phones, well, tough shit, they're new. Sometimes they're going to do shit you like, sometimes they won't. But I do notice this. Every time I get comfortable with one, it's a little different. I like the old way, and it does suck. But every time I get comfortable with one, there ends up being a few things on there that I actually do like. Well, I mean, so far that's happened every time I've been. I get it. I got the new phone. I got so comfortable with the old one. But I don't want to be. I'm not. If they said you can have the old one every time, I end up taking the time. You know, I'm like to find something I like about it. Do you know, in the pictures to be to be in a long distance relationship and to be able to draw little pictures, even if it's a happy face. Man, that really. Is, is, it's, stupid, it's silly, but it's nice. So that's one thing well, from that. I, I, something I've noticed, like, through wrestling forever, all the older guys always go, oh, back in my day it was this way. Back in my day we did it this way. And it's like, yeah, but the shit's evolved since then, so shut up. Like, it, it wasn't better back then. Like, Yeah, how do you say it in a different... I want to say that, like, 
and by the way, no one's pooping all over the past. Like there, there weren't. Right. Not, we're not. The thing is, neither of us are making fun of people's genuine right. memories. Right. Because it was genuine. Like, oh, it was. We went camping with friends one year. That, they're stories. It was relative yeah. to the time, for sure. Yeah, Everything. It was, but I get it. I get it. I just think that the main thing is to try to convince people, if you want them to change, that remember there's issues, people on the other side of these issues, and just. I know change sucks, but I think if you really, you know, the reason that we end up understanding people is because, you know, the more we understand about other people, the more empathy we have. That's why when we watch old movies, some behavior seems egregious now, you know, because it's like, wow, we've come a long way. That's a good thing. It can be a brilliant movie, but we're like, wow, that was a little, the relationship between a man and a woman there was very old fashioned. Boy, that one was really depicting that group in a, in a, in a, in a, in a very stereotypical way. And, and that's okay. And some even brilliant movies that were great do it. But, you know, you, 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 then things change. And the more we learn about people, the more we understand the way they feel. And then years later, we look back and go, oh, yeah, every, the, see, because I have a new expression. If what I'm saying doesn't bend your ear, mm. then I don't think, I'm going to get anywhere. I didn't ask you to fall to the ground and go, oh my God, Todd's playing. He made a great appointment. I'm going to have every view I ever had. I'm going to give up every view I ever had. He's right. I'm going to now be nice to every group that wants whatever they want because Todd Glass made a great point. Okay. No, that's an extreme. Right. But if I don't bend your ear, if you don't go, wow, yeah, there are people behind these issues. And it seems like every time somebody wants something, it does. True. <laughs> I can't think of anything 50 years ago that anybody asked that now just seems, of course, of course. Court. Right. So, what are the odds that we're dissecting right now? Isn't going to go into that. If that doesn't make you go, oh my god! And that's when getting out of your own way—it's hard. Maybe it gives the empathy for a drug addict. You know, it's so easy to judge people that are that are. You know, I'm not saying they still don't have to get get their life in order, but people that have given up drugs or heroin or or, or alcohol that was just destroying their lives, and then they do it. That's why whenever anybody does that. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I look at people that I haven't drank in five years. I haven't drank in two years. I'm like, just because of my thing with food, I have such admiration for that. I'm like, you're a fucking superhero. When I hear 10 years or something, I'm like, oh, my God. Again, their lives have changed. They pulled themselves together. That's fucking hard. Maybe that's the road it's going to take for you because your social views might not look as destructive, but they are. They're hurting people. And if you're that off, maybe that's your heroin. And maybe until you get off of what your heroin is, it might be hate. Until you get off of it, why don't we not judge all the people that you judge when you go, what's that guy right up there? Now, judge all those people and go, maybe you're not an alcoholic. Maybe you have a job. Maybe you have money in the bank. Maybe you have security. But some of your social views really make people's lives harder. Well, you should go, whoa. Well, there's a, there's like, a, am I that, am I, it is true, like, Maybe I'm way off here, and it's hard. And that, and that's hopefully getting into someone's ear right now to go, wow. The the um, the being okay. The, you can say like, oh yeah, well, I, you know, I know I'm not perfect, but I know I'm not perfect, but 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 I know I'm not perfect, but like, cool, you make mistakes. That doesn't mean you get to be wrong about a thing. <laughs> Right, like yeah, not not like I love that the the uh, the just blatant disregard for for uh, moving forward. Mm. It's like I think you said it back a while ago. You were like, yeah, it's, it's this point is that like you serve it as a 
some cases, not all cases. If we can disagree with people, doesn't mean everybody that disagrees with us disagrees with us, you know, for the same reason. But um, I think it's just sometimes it's a blatant disregard for change. But I think mostly it's what I said, and I hope that it, I try to get it out cleanly and compassionately. I don't I, I know my tone got what I didn't want it to be, but I yeah. always think, how do I get in someone's ear and make them? I think the one thing I repeat over and over again is you have defining moments in your life to prove if you would change, even if you were. Could you just see yourself? And I'm going to say it again because if I say it 2% cleaner, it's a better day for me. But there are defining moments in your life where you have to say to yourself, God, I'd love to believe that I, if I was fucking dead wrong, I'd be able to admit it. That I wouldn't just think time equal validity. Like, I've been saying this for so long. That I just I'll go to my death with it. You have opportune moments in your life to go. Of course, that's not me. Nobody wants to say that. What people want to say is, no. Oh my God! I if I hope if I'm dead fucking wrong, I can stop in my tracks and whew, and be able to admit it. I hope. Okay. Well, those times are going to come along where you're going to have to prove that and make sure you're not just walking over them and having someone from the far going. No, I think. What did they say? That they'd like to believe they could admit they were dead wrong. Yeah, I think they're present past and. Currently, their future looks like, nah, 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 you're not. And, and have that bother you and have you, because it should. And, and the best news is that it bothers you to go, fuck, you're sort of describing me. I, I haven't really sat down and, you know, people that win the whole, the, the transgender thing seems to be the most present. And people that, you know, are like, well, give me some time. Well, well I think it's, it's. That and the... You want time. Time to want to do your same shitty uh, jokes. Is that, that what you want time to do? That and the and the, the kneel for the flag thing are both like... Uh, like, people, people's... It's, it's, it's sad sometimes when I hear somebody's opinion and they're like, Oh, just do your job. Just do your job. And, and, and it's like... Yeah, but like, you have a... Like, there's a, there's a problem that doesn't face all of you. So don't act like you can blanket out you can blanket out its legitimacy just by going, oh, it's for the, the troops, you're disrespecting the troops. It's it's so much you bigger. Know, you know, remember, we talked about detective, mixed therapist meets, maybe some imply all three, maybe some are just detective, maybe some are detectives meets a hidden camera show. Go to an Ali fight and, uh, and, and yell out, you know, disrespect all the troops at one of his memorials. Now that we have time and distance, and people, again, again, you can't make analogies, you go, nah, you can't compare taking a knee to Ali. Oh my god, anybody in your listening audience, if they don't think you can, seriously, let me lower my voice. You, if you really want to know, you have to beg people to tell you the truth. Oh, you can, and you're very misguided if you don't think you can. So, you know, if you, they, they all want to, you know, praise Ali now. Uh, you know, Muhammad Ali, I'm probably saying it wrong. But, like, if you don't think that's what these guys are doing, the same thing. Right. And you know what I think it is? I think it's that they don't believe in their cause. And that's what annoys me. Have the guts to admit you don't believe in the cause. If you really believed in taking knee, if you're like, of course there's a police brutality problem. Of course. No, you don't understand me. Like, I don't like the way they're going about it. But there's a real fucking problem. that We have, some, we have good cops. We mm. definitely have good cops. But we have a lot of fucking racist cops. Of course we do. And it fucking needs to be dealt with. But the take a knee is not the way. But then if you go, well, what is the way? Actually, I'm part of a protest this week. Yeah, if you look like... don't. But, but really, if you push people like that enough, you go, come on, admit it, you don't think there's a cause. 
Because if you did, you'd be going, no, that's not the way to fight it, but you'd be offering up the right way to fight it. Admit it. Push them into the wall. But why are you so scared? It's like maybe that scene does work where you just keep some, some taking someone that's the knee, you know, take, having a problem with take the knee, and I picture just pushing them, like, you know, you know where you get someone to tell, yo, admit it, you push them, and they get up again, you go, come on, admit it, you don't think there's a, why are you so scared? You know, all your friends hear you say when you're around the house and no one's around, but in public, you don't admit it, and they get up, you go, admit it, through the thoughts, it's not the knee. Not only is it knee, but there's no even cause behind this, there's no totally <laughs> overwhelmed. Admit it. I picture them going, all right, you're fucking right. Because they don't think it. The Me Too movement, anybody that points out the part where it doesn't work, well, then make it work. Nothing's going to be perfect to fix this. It's nobody on the Me Too movement's goal. Are, are some good guys going to get gobbled up? Well, then just people are going to be more likely to hear you criticize if, if you've laid that on track somewhere. They hear you going, no, I don't like the way, I think the movement needs some work. I wish they'd do this, I wish they'd do that. Do you think the movement's necessary? Oh my fucking God, the movement's necessary. Fucking <laughs> something had to be done. Right. If, you're, if you have a recording of you saying that, people might go be willing to listen to you. Go, wait, this person definitely, they're not just going, oh, of course. They're, they're spitting out of their mouth saying how necessary something was. But maybe they'll listen to you if you go, but here's the way I think it could be perfected. And here's what I think we could do to do this. Prove you at least from your gut with you that know that there, there is a cause there. But the reason that they don't do that is because most of them, I really do believe, and most people that have a problem with taking me, they don't think. They're like, no, it's, you know, there's no cause. Yeah, it's, it's definitely like, it's still... It's still, like, veiled in this, like, oh, all lives matter, though. All lives matter, though. It's like, no, bro, they're not saying, they're not saying that your lives don't matter. You're making it about yourself, and it isn't. Yeah, well, when they said blue lives matter, why didn't anybody go, no, all lives matter. Right. They only did it to the, yeah, and anybody's saying new, that's the same thing, they're like, Really, you don't think there's a cause. You really, but they never want to say that. So they cut what, what they think makes them look sane. I think sometimes and won't make them look so horrific. Makes them look worse because you're making up reasons why you don't like something. And it's one thing to disagree with you, but to catch you with consistent lies that you don't. We're not saying you don't think gay people should be able to get married is a lie. Your reason that you don't think they should be able to get married is a lie. We're not saying that your view on something is a lie. We're saying you're not being honest. That you can get caught in and be weary of that. Because I think up till now, a lot of people thought, oh, no, it's just you, you say, oh, we're just disagreeing. No, no, there's a big difference. You can, two people can adamantly disagree with each other, adamantly, but not lie to each other. That's possible. And that's when you watch an honest debate at its best, probably, when you're like, wow, those two fuckers totally disagreed on a lot. But I think they were honest going back and forth. You don't see that that often. Yeah. But that's that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about, no, you're not even being honest. So how the hell are we supposed to have a conversation? You know, like I think if people go, oh, racism, they keep using the racism card. They keep using the racism card. You, if, if you want to prove that you don't just like to hear yourself talk, including me, you can say to someone, what is racism to you first? And shut up and listen. Go, no, no, I'm not, I won't argue. It's overwhelming. What do you think racism is? And then, before you get into a debate with them, you should go, what do you think, whatever, ask them, whatever percentage, I talked about this on the podcast, mm -hmm. whatever percentage of racism, because you know they say the race cards use, that means 
they must believe racism exists, but often misused. And you want to say to them, what percentage of it do you think is real? You sh everybody should do this if you're going to get into a conversation with someone. Like, These are two quick questions you should ask. And the second one, like I just said, is what do you think the percentage of racism is when it's real? Whatever. Because you're saying sometimes it's erroneously used. So, and then whatever they say, accept it. They go 5%. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm accepting that. That's not... So let's talk about that. To that 5% where it's real, what must that do to a young child from a young age until right. he's an adult? And if they can't say something that's heartfelt, it's because they really think 0%. We have a black resident. You know, there's people that they don't want to say that because it makes them sound crazy. But deep down, if no one was around, they go, I don't. Because if they're not lying, they should be able to go, oh, for the 5% that exists? Mm. Well, I would imagine from a young age, it must eat at your fiber of your being. And, and they should be able to get a little, you know, a little bit. You should, it should be able to make me teary-eyed a little. Because if you're able to break down what it must do to someone to experience major racism from a young child, I'm not even arguing the number. I'm giving you that just to get somewhere different with the argument. And depending on what comes out of someone's mouth after you ask that, you should be very weary of how you're going to go forward with any conversation. If they can answer those two questions it's communication it's communication the whole way like people mm -hmm. people need to have more deep conversations that are meaningful and be able to be open in those conversations to maybe accept that what they think is all the way right isn't isn't the exact answer because there are there are more than way more than one way up the mountain it might be a way it's not the way I think I just lost 20 pounds. <laughs> well, dude, I have to say, um, this has been awesome. and uh, I had a great time. I really did. You know, I'm, I'm home, like I said at the beginning. And, and let me just preface this out of paranoia. I know I said it before. I've talked about a lot of these things before. And I always think, if you're going to say something over and over and over and over again, at least be able to know why. And I say it over and over and over again. Like some, I've talked about some things tonight that I've never talked about before. Other things I've talked about before, but they came out different. And I think it's because I'm always hoping that I can say something I've said before cleaner. Yeah. That's the cleaner, the cleanest I could say. It. And I, I fail miserably sometimes, but sometimes it comes out for the first time ever cleaner than it ever has before. And that's why. And so I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation talking about comedy, talking about this was great very relaxing all right man well let me let me uh let's 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 be friends now man <laughs> i like it yeah and, yeah and uh, if you're coming to la and wherever let me know but um, it's, it was a great talk i really appreciate it i appreciate you man it's been lovely and uh hopefully we can just uh grow our friendship some more we'll evolve a, we'll evolve our friendship and uh, i love it great talk and uh, i'm gonna go eat some dinner all right i'm gonna go pee bye. take care have a <laughs> Alright, bye. bye. So everybody, that was episode number 98 of Evolving with Corey Castle, and um, I'm Corey Castle. If this is your first time you've ever listened to this podcast, uh, whether it be on Spotify or uh, Spreaker or uh, on iTunes or wherever, you know, go back and listen to the other 97 episodes. Uh Maybe share it if you want. I mean, if you like this conversation and you think that you'd like to hear more conversations like this, go ahead and subscribe and, uh, 
you know, if you need to hit me up, if you want to talk to me about anything, I'm not a hard guy to get a hold of. Um, my All my information is all on, on social media, so hit me up, and I'll probably give you my phone number. If you need somebody to talk to, if you need some sort of resource, like I said to Todd, that's something that really fascinates me. Thank you so much for listening, for downloading, and uh, have, a, have a great night. Have a great life. Thanks you. Thanks you. Yeah, thank you. Keep evolving.